0: Hello, beautiful people. It is Work Hard Tuesday. August 9th, 2022, and Hard Knocks is tonight. Football is here. Here we go. of baby. That's right. The NFL season has survived uh, another offseason. It feels like when Hard Knocks gets going, we are on the precipice of football happening, and there's a lot of news around the football landscape we will talk about, not just with the NFL, but with college football and how we'll be able to view them. Mm-hmm. What games will we potentially have for the McAfee cast, the six of them that we are partnering mm. with Omaha, Productions to be on ESPN2 with uh, Big Ten fans. I'm, I'm afraid oh. of some bad no, it Dark sounds Death. like not happy about it, but we got a lot to chat about. We'll have Sham Sharania join us here in about 17 minutes, and although Hard Knocks is starting tonight, and the uh, preseason actually kicks off on Thursdays, and there'll be games every single day going forward, and uh, do the games matter? No, but it is a little bit of a taste uh, of mm-hmm. what we're potentially going to get. Uh, Deshaun Watson will allegedly be playing a couple series for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, okay. let's, let's assume there'll be no There'll be no yeah. conversation No, like no going to talk People about it. That's going to be happening. There's a lot of that. But the basketball world is cooking strictly because Kevin Durant is a fucking G. Hell yeah. <laughs> so we will talk to Sham Sharani about what's going on in that particular situation with the uh, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, which allegedly a conversation had taken place where there was, uh, hey, it's either me or this coach and GM. Mm-hmm. And the owner, I guess, came out and said, well, I'm going with coach and GM, that's so right. sorry about yeah. that. Yeah. I'm moving on. So Kevin Durant's potentially on a move. What's that mean for everybody else? What's the NBA landscape? The guy who's inside of the inside of the association, Sham Sharani, will join us in about 15 minutes. Then quarterback of the Houston Texans, what? Davis Dougie Mills. Okay. Let's go! He'll join us in a second hour, and then there's a couple requests out via text messages for the third hour that could be great conversations, maybe. We'll see how the schedule fits in. Uh, AJ Hawk will join us in about 55 minutes. We've got a great Tuesday. here. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Take some phone calls, although we didn't take that many yesterday on the Energy phone line. one 833 4 The Talks table's here looking fantastic at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor Ty, got the Hawkeyes hoodie on. Is that because the Big Ten just signed a fucking massive deal with ES... uh, Not ESPN, I'm sorry. uh, CBS, NBC, and Fox. Right. The only place they will not have any games, it sounds like, is ESPN, where we will be able to be, which is a bummer. But congrats to the Hawkeyes and the Big Ten for getting a monster deal across all networks. It's only good for the Big Ten conference.
1: Yeah, absolutely huge. I mean... it is an absolute kick in the sack knowing that we were we're about to do this in the fall, and now there's no way we're going to get any. Big No 10 games. way, not a chance. And and part of me and all the all the Big Ten maniacs out there, brother, brother, they'll feel the same way when I turn on a game at noon this year, and I don't get to hear Dan Orlovsky and Beth Moans on the oh, call for Northwestern okay. Illinois or you know Indiana Rutgers or whatever the case may be. It's going to break my heart. It's going to break my heart. That being said. I'm actually kind of jacked up that, that we are moving in a different direction here because ever since yeah. I moved from Iowa, you know, it, I'm not always getting to watch an Iowa football game. I got to watch a lot of Indiana games, a lot what? of Purdue yeah. games, you know, not great. So, <laughs> hey, you know, it, going to Apple, going to Amazon, going to any yeah. other network, we'll see. I mean, it, it's only it's only good for the Big Ten, and, and we talked about it a little bit. I mean, I think a it'd be massive part of this is obviously USC and UCLA coming into the fold, but Good time to be a Big Ten fan, unless you're doing a McAfee cast on ESPN yeah, dude, two this fall. Yeah, man. then <laughs> not great time. And not so much. Uh, that's basically just going to be the SEC and the ACC. There. Yeah, the
0: Big Ten has signed deals with networks that had the SEC. So CBS had the SEC deal, basically. Oh. Yes, CBS was paying fifty five million dollars a year for the SEC package for like a ten year deal or whatever. That has ended. It's coming. it's come up. Mm-hmm. Okay, now. ESPN is paying $300 million, okay, for the SEC package. And I assume when that was negotiated, CBS executives said, ESPN's fucking paying so much. Wild. They're right. They're $55 million is what we paid them last year. Now they're, they're offering $300 million for the SEC. Oh, they grow. If that's what you... The CBS people were telling Greg Sankey and the SEC, if you can get $300 million a year from ESPN or anywhere else... God bless you. Mm-hmm. Okay, fucking good luck out there if that's what you're gonna get. Now it turns out that CBS is paying 350 million for the Big Ten, which is wild. Now you have to think this goes with Paramount Plus. Right, Paramount yeah. Plus will have a bunch yep. of the games, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. You'd have to assume the streaming deal is incorporated in that because I guess the SEC and maybe some other t- Big Ten potentially was thinking <laughs> about getting a streaming deal. If CBS is paying $350 million for the Big Ten, I'd assume it's going to be on Paramount Plus as well. Uh, so every game should be available, which is good. Right, But that is... That deal that CBS thought ESPN was probably paying too much for, because why wouldn't you if you're CBS? You had SEC for so long. It's kind of become a staple, a tradition, a institution almost. You yeah. watch, what's his name? Dick? No. Uh, uh, Vern Lundquist. Vern there Lundquist, yeah, there it mm-hmm. is. Gary so sorry, Darius, Vern, Darius. you did not deserve that. <laughs> and I apologize that that is how I associated your name. But you watch them, that's just kind of a staple. SEC football, here it goes, been through so many eras on CBS. So you would assume that the only reason why they didn't sign on for longer and let ESPN win the bid at $300 million is because they thought that was outrageous. What has changed that now they're at $350 million for the Big Ten? Maybe it's a realize that content is king and like we need something if we're not going to have this and they're looking around at the landscape and they're thinking amazon's going to get involved apple's going to get involved 350 million dollars that is literally nothing to these companies Mm -hmm. if they really want to make a play so maybe this is a last-ditch effort for cbs to keep football but if you're a big 10 fan i think i think it's a great move I, i think it's a great move and for the cbs executives they get to walk on that usc field you know Ooh, USC, yeah. Calcium, baby. they get to walk right onto the field at the Coliseum, shake hands with Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and Lincoln Riley. Dog! Oh, they get to go yeah. at the UCLA practice. Oh, oh they get to go and check out the UCLA facilities, which That's everybody right. trains at uh-huh. Super nice. Mm-hmm. CBS executives get to do that. You can assume that also played a role, maybe in a little bit. But a lot of money being thrown around right now for college football, for football in general, and it's a great day to be a fan of the sport. Connor, I know you're not that big of a college football fan. No. Right? Not at all. Not even a little.
2: Probably since Matt Ryan was actually playing at BC was the last time I like rooted for a team in college. And this
0: is strictly because you are a tribal-based rooter and better as well. Yeah. You're only betting on things that you are fans of.
2: Yeah, exactly. And also it has to do with the fact that you know all four teams in Boston have won championships in the last you know 10 years. They're so a professional sports exactly. town. Exactly. It's a professional sports town. It's a title town. It really isn't a national title town.
0: Yeah, BC's kind of stunk. Even though yep. um, Anthony Costanzo came out of yes. there, Matt Hasselbeck came out of mm-hmm. there. obviously Matt Ryan, Luke Keekly, uh, AJ Dillon, wow. I was about to say, I thought AJ yeah. Dillon sauce was from there. Mm-hmm. Zion Johnson
2: was a first round yeah, pick to
0: the Chargers, John. he's from BC. They still have studs. Yeah, but if you don't have a great team, it's going to be tough to uh, compete with. Uh, no. fucking Joe testator's son.
2: Yeah. No one gives a You're shit. You're right. Stud.
3: <laughs> he's stud. Long snapping god. He was no, a kick. he he kick. kicker. He was a punter. I he, yeah. 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 he was I a holder. He, he was, no was a stud, that guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: he was a
0: holder. He was a punter, probably. Okay. Yeah. No, he's a kicker. I'm pretty uh, sure he's a kicker. Yeah, I think so, too. Really? I think he's a great kicker, too. He's yoked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's Don't sweet. Be, but obviously. Doug Flutie's
2: son, he's on the team, too. Well, Doug Flutie Doug also. Flutie. Doug Flutie. <laughs> also Boston <laughs> College. Uh-huh. Doug yeah, exactly. Yeah.
4: Shout out to sure. you know, Herzlick. Matthias this season is from Pittsburgh, so Who? respect him. Boston College's quarterback yeah, Jerkovich—he's pretty good. Oh,
0: fucking Jerkovich of Jerkovic, Pittsburgh—that yeah. guy's going to go and tear it up for the Eagles. <laughs> they might be back. Holy shit! You know they got Alumni Field up there. That's yeah, where the Boston oh, College yeah. Eagles mm-hmm. play on. I know. I've been there before. <laughs> and we were just paying tribute to all of them right there. Yeah. That's right. Shout out to Testors kid. Shout yeah. out.
2: They got to fix the rules up there. Uh, they're, they're not really letting tailgating happen in the tailgate spot at BC anymore. What do you mean? No booze? Yeah. It feels no like booze in what? a lot? It feels like they're gone soft up there. Oh, no. no. Hey, everyone's just smoking legal dope now. No one cares about drinking and going to the
0: game. So they said, nobody aside from our students that are currently on campus come to these games. Mm-hmm. Let's make it even worse for people's yes, experience. Exactly. Why are they doing that for?
2: I don't know. It's kind of bullshit. It's probably because it's a hockey town now, you know, especially BC, BU, those Colleges oh yeah, they're are. in the the ice, the frozen yeah, floor. Yeah. Yeah. they're more, no, they're more. The bean pot as well. Is, uh, the Bean pot is strictly playing the bean pot. It's like the Crossroads Classic in Indiana with basketball, mm-hmm. but it's Oh, hockey. that's oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. It is the Bean
0: time. exactly because of Boston baked Yeah, that's why. We're I, trying to yeah. well, there's should, not conflicting reports. Wow, well, we you, are right. Yeah. You are not. If
2: you were to see the Bean Pot Trophy, I think you'd question it a little bit, maybe perhaps. Anyways, but. the Bean
0: Pot does take place up mm-hmm. there. It's uh-huh. more of a frozen fort time, You're saying? Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. And there's a. Probably like a ten year run where one of those two schools won like six. Does this affect
0: you at all? This whole thing. I think I I like to gamble on the college football games a lot. Yeah. I don't know shit about fuck what what's going on this year. We're gonna have to do a little bit more research. Yeah. Because we're gonna be you know simulcasting a couple. Yeah. We're gonna be in the college football landscape this year. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, let's take that in a little bit. We're going to be in the college football landscape this year. We got to remember that mm-hmm. covering
1: the games from every angle.
0: We got to make sure we we pay it its due respect. Absolutely it
2: doesn't affect me at all though because I have no respect for the game really. But no, no, I'm so, excited to watch. You, it have you have to. to. Yeah, that's you what we just said. Starting, starting. Yeah, we just yeah, said right to. now. I have some respect for the college game.
0: That's very okay. nice of you. So, I you, I you made me. a change today. You did. And this is what it is. Look at you. College right here, football. On this hardworking Tuesday, August 9th, mm-hmm. you have made a full change on how you view life, mostly because you've been forced to. But hey, yeah. welcome to the job.
2: No, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for college football. I, maybe I'll pick a team this year. You know, who knows? Maybe oh. I jump on maybe I jump on a bandwagon. Oh,
0: you want to talk about like me becoming a big time Mets fan? Exactly. <laughs> Bro, I'm fucking all in on it. Uh huh. Edwin Diaz and I now follow each other on Twitter. That's cool. Oh, Hit cool. the fucking trumpets, dude. Yeah, I am on. so excited about it. Michael Cole has been a Mets mark for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Literally grew up doing that. So he saw the entire thing that happened yesterday on the show and some other people talking about me being a Mets fan. And he sent me a text that was like, hey, we get to go to a World Series game together, which means like Cole is expecting me to buy sweet for us. <laughs> right? Because he knows there's no chance I would go unless. That's how you're mm. watching. That's this. how <laughs> you're yeah. right. Of course. So, so I, I, I respect Cole's angle here. This Mets team though does feel like a fun team to be a part of. Oh, yeah. If they're willing to rehearse that fucking narco entrance for the closer mm-hmm. coming out, I respect their operation. I just want to... Now, I did learn and was reminded this morning, KFC is a Mets fan. Yes. He has long and this reminded me, he has long been posting like miserable Mets oh, yeah. posts, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. oh yeah. So this team has been terrible for a long time, and now they're good? Is this what's going on? Is this team that I am very new fan of? Because I don't, I'm not signing up for what KFC used to no post way. about. No. I think it's vastly different now, though, right? We're in a much different world of Mets. And I am – listen, I will be a Mets fan. I will be an Edwin Diaz fan. But if this team's going to, like, I remember KFC roasting this
1: team, right? Like, he used oh, yeah. to, fu-
0: them, it, like. Kind of
1: like habitual chokers. Yes. Like, and I don't I don't want to say it's like cursed almost, but since Steve Cohen bought the team, things have kind of. Okay,
4: so we're in a new game. And, and it's a new era. We are destined, though, to lose tragically in the playoffs. No, no, yeah. we're not. Not well, with fucking
0: Edwin D. Are you, but, how are we losing? He's coming up, bro. He's coming out of that thing, and they're just hitting that. Hit the fucking mm-hmm. trumpets. They're gonna have Timmy Trumpet standing on top of the fucking city field, city stadium, mm-hmm. city, city city field. City, field. Yep. city field. And yep. He's gonna be standing up on top. Of it. All lights go out in the entire thing. One spotlight on Edwin Diaz. One spotlight on Timmy Trumpet. I can see it now. Mm-hmm. It's October, and all the worries of the Mets are gonna blow it. Fuck it. He's coming in 102 on the fucking paint. How you doing? We're, I won a World Series all of a sudden. With
4: DeGrom and Scherzer, there's a chance he doesn't even have to pitch. Well, I,
1: That's the thing. And then, I
4: would like the trumpets to be heard in a World Series, please. You know?
1: yeah, I mean, the, hey, there's a, there's a chance. I've said I, I'd love a Subway Series. You know, Absolutely. Mets, Mets, Yankees, that would be sweet. How but, upset
0: have you been about this whole Mets situation?
1: Nah, I mean, what are you, you going to do? You know, like it, none of this shit matters right now. Like, no, it you know, does in, matter. In, in
0: October. Every team that has that guy. How you literally walk through the curtain. That's Uh what he's doing. He's walking through the curtain Mm -hmm. at WWE. Game is on the line, right? Because the closer only comes in when it's close and it matters, right? Yeah, for sure. This is like a field goal kicker walking out for a game winner. Mm -hmm. And while he's walking onto the field, they're playing a full entrance song and him dancing, basically, with the fucking crowd and then making the kick. The amount of moxie that takes. I, I just... I can't help but be, this guy's my favorite fucking player. Uh-huh. I, the the and, and people are saying he was, like, he's gotten much better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Think about what this guy's been through. This guy, they're calling him Ed Luz. Yeah. Is, right. There ain't nothing like having your name be Edwin, being a competitive person, mm. and people calling you Ed more Luz. More like Ed loose Yeah, because that, <laughs> that's in the that's in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, more like Ed Luz, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right? All right, all right, all right. And then now, what happened? He just got better, faster to get the yawn? The Tommy on? I don't
1: know if he got Tommy John. You just, like, you throw that hard, and if you miss your spots, you gave up a lot of homers. Like, which is you can't do that if you're a closer. He'd come in, and like I think this year I saw a stat. I want to say the Mets are. I might be wrong in this, but I think they're like sixty-five and zero in one-run games, which doesn't happen a lot. So he is having a magical season. But yeah, a couple years ago, like he he was coming in, and it was a lot of Mets fans would probably say like, hey, th- th- there's a good chance that this fucking guy's gonna blow this. So he's been with the
0: Mets. And the Mets have stuck with him through Ed lose to now Ed win, 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 no matter what. Yeah,
1: for the last couple of years. I think he was maybe with the Mariners before that it or was. something like They're that. Yeah, for,
4: This is his fourth
0: of the year with the Mets. Yeah. So that's previous
1: ownership too, right? Because Cohen came in yep, here yep, in the yep. last yeah. couple of mm-hmm. years. Cohen's
2: a good guy too, we you know, because Chris DeStefano said so he's a nice guy who did those dinners. did. All right. <laughs> he <laughs> he <laughs> he did, right. right. You're right. Seriously. Right. That is the only
0: way – that's the only story Probably we've heard yeah. about Cohen. I assume there's others. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not a person a team. We're not – I mean, in New York. But, yeah – Chrissy Cowan. Chrissy Storytime. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. he. uh that was fun. Chrissy College Fund. Yeah. Chrissy Martini's. Boom. Chris Stefano. Yeah. Yeah. Paisano came in here, told a story about performing at Cohen's like dinner. Like, yeah. at the head of the table. And then they paid him to stop or yeah. something. Yeah. Handsomely. And yeah. Then they're now they're friends and <laughs> yeah. they get along. Crazy. I remember uh-huh. that. Mm-hmm. So he's a big time Mets fan, just like me now.
2: Uh huh. Yeah. Ty's just a little bummed just because Edwin, you know, he's kind of. Push Mariano Rivera oh, out of no. the sights of New York no, City. No, no. I mean, that's what a mo- that's
1: what a moron would say. But yeah, no, no, and like I told you, like, that, hey. That's just what I've
0: seen. He's like, trying to be a friend. It sounds like. Are it. you Forget. trying to stick up for him right now? For what? This Absolutely not. He's <laughs> fucking trying to throw
1: dirt on no. Mo Rivera's grave. No. Which, hey, you know what? Edwin Diaz. Let's let's do it for fifteen years before we start. This guy's the best ever. Are the I love his entrance. Stop blowing. His entrance is awesome. His entrance is awesome, but. Okay, like I said, you know Seems like he hates in it. Two, we- two weeks two weeks from don't now like Edwin Ed- It has nothing to do with me not liking it? Edwin Diaz. Like the just, wrong when I saw Diaz. you when I saw you tweet it, this the other day. Diaz? When I saw you tweet this the other day, I knew what was going to happen for them. And the and and the Mets are hot right now. They're playing well, so it's like you know, hey, this isn't he's just going right not just going to go away in a couple days, you know. The Yankees are, a, are on a downslide right him, now. I'm seeing me tweet that,
2: and immediately go, ah,
5: oh,
1: fuck. Yeah, we don't I'm talk, don't don't talk about baseball. Fucking here, <laughs> he's tweeting something about the Mets. Oh, they're my favorite team now. Yeah. Of course they are. Let's go LGM. Of
0: course they are. LGFM, dude. Yeah fucking
2: go, go Mets. Over, well, let's let's
1: go, go, fucking Mets. Is
0: that, is that what they say, LGFM? I
1: think Pete Alonzo uh, does say LFGM. Yeah, let's fucking go, mm-hmm. Mets. Oh, that's a polar bear. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Dog. one
0: back-to-back home oh, on geez. derbies, how uh-huh. you doing, keep moving. Chose to lose this year because they got a longer season ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Going to the fucking World Series. Beast. DeGrom's a dog.
2: Dog, dude. He's
1: best he pitcher he in the Very league. Good. He, he comes out yeah. to what, simple man? What he's start, start. he's starting pitcher, so so. I don't know what they're playing in the stadium when he comes out. It yeah, might Sample be simple man. How but.
0: come the starter does the starter walk from the outfield?
1: No.
4: To mine.
1: What well, we I mean, doing? I guess, that needs to I guess techni- techni- technically Eventually. you do if you're doing a bullpen session out there, but if like, you're the home team, you're just yeah. coming out from the dugout. Well, have you
2: seen the Japanese entrances as well for their league?
0: Well, I've seen oh, the okay. sex toys in the back of the. Sure. No, uh, yeah. oh, that was, that the, was the, the Korean base. Korea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen the Japanese. It's
2: yet. pretty awesome. They. I don't know if they just. Cars? The
0: cars? Is that the golf cart one?
2: Some of them do golf carts. One guy did like a, like a drone hoverboard yeah. almost all the way out, and you know. A lot that was of the pitcher? Yeah. No, uh, that's a manager,
4: I believe.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was, scabber, it was down there. electric.
6: See, that's
0: what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That is the baseball that I'm talking about. Yep. Edwin Diaz got me hooked. I hope everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. But if you do end up two weeks from now or a week from now doing what you're predicting is going mm-hmm. to happen, no. and as football continues to kind of start ramping back up here, there's a chance I fall out of
1: love. Yeah, the stra- your stranglehold on the Mets might. To- no, well, and also the the baseball
0: that matters is right in the middle of f- what football oh, yeah. start yeah. of football, yeah, and uh, soccer Lombardi time.
4: Uh, it'll end before soccer Lombardi, right? Yeah. Okay,
0: so it's before soccer Lombardi. October. Yep. October's is when it matters, but then the the World in Series November? sometimes
1: creeps into like the first few days of November. Oh. Yeah.
0: Okay, so when the World uh, when the Mets are playing in that. Uh, that's when uh, baseball. November on is just full football. It'll go,
2: yeah. yeah. Soccer Lombardi time. I, I completely forgot about that. I keep forgetting.
4: It's coming it. up. Soccer yeah. Lombardi's right around the corner. Soon, it is Friday after Thanksgiving. We get England <laughs> and U.S. At Tone
0: Diggs Can't wait to watch that. We appreciate you for watching and. Uh, Listening to this show, obviously, we just talked about a sport we know nothing about, but I'm a new fan (laughs) of and I'm excited about it. Joining us now is a man to chit-chat with us about another sport we know nothing about. He always stops by to inform us of what's going on inside of the inside of the association he works for the stadium and the athletic networks he's obviously a writer and a internet personality but he also happens to know everything about everything in the nba they actually keep score in that sport on the inside information oh, mm-hmm. this motherfucker's batting a perfect game here That's like right. the last three years mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen Sham ranya yeah. hey, how are you Pat, Sham? what's
6: going on it's been a minute
0: Hey, little thicker beard today you look super Whoa. like oh this is like a gq look we hey, got going ooh, on here
6: this is this is uh this is way late dog days in the off season look right now i'm just letting it loose a little bit you know only on your show oh. you know you're gonna see me on another show i'm gonna be trimmed up a little bit but oh. on, on this show i gotta come on that
0: oh a little chill chomps okay. yeah okay so i had laid back. Yeah. Yeah.
2: eating ice cream with a fork shams. yes yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely
0: okay. and oatmeal with fork too. there yep. it is yeah the whole thing everything he did uh-huh applesauce boom Soup. A lot of water, eating lunch. Yeah. Yeah. This is the Shams that we're talking to. It's an honor to be talking to that Shams right now. We appreciate you for joining us. A lot of drama uh, in the NBA, mostly surrounding a report that came from your Twitter account. Kevin Durant had a meeting with the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, Mr. Sy, and Kevin Durant said, hey, you're either going to go forward with me or you're going to go forward with Steve Nash and the general manager, one or the other. The owner has since, I guess, come out and said he's going with the GM and Steve Nash. How long has this been brewing? How, did this come out – this f- seems to have come out of nowhere for me. I didn't know why Kevin Durant wanted to move on. I did not expect it to be an ultimatum-type situation with the ownership. Uh, has this been cooking all season? And what finally put Kevin Durant over the edge, you think, to go and talk directly to Cy? And Cy telling him he's not on his side, was that a surprise? So basically, tell us fucking everything,
6: Sean. <laughs> Please. So I I, I – I, I think we got to go back to the trade request, right? June 30th, Kevin Durant asks for a trade. It came out of nowhere to a lot of people. Um, and I think the question was why? Why did Kevin Durant ask out for a trade? And I think that's the question that a lot of people have been wondering. I think the Nets at one point were were concerned, were wondering, why did Kevin Durant ask out? We feel like we've done everything for him. Why has it gotten to this place? Well, I think the, the there's been little nuggets of information, I think, over the last several weeks that would lead – i think even the nets to believe whether it's steve nash sean marks there's obviously some displeasure uh toward them and also the the fact that this team didn't fulfill the expectations that they had last year even the the year prior to that and steve nash uh you know as head coach sean marks as general manager there's a level of accountability i think that you know from kevin Durant's perspective clearly is is what he tried to get across to Joe side and by making this ultimatum Uh, That was definitely news, and that was definitely relevant to the situation. This was not an ultimatum, even though people might have known for the last month that these are two individuals that that there's a level of displeasure toward, that there might even be a level like, get these guys out of there. But to actually make that direct ultimatum, that was not something that happened before this weekend. And I think once that happened, um, I mean, it's clear, you know, mentally, emotionally, Kevin Durant just is not – uh, like he's checked out he's not there in Brooklyn and so that's that's what I think has created all this and you know in, in the Nets mind they're they're a championship ready team with Kevin Durant on this team Kyrie Irving committed They're a championship team it's just hard to then compete for a championship when your star, your star you know clearly you know yeah. s- says the owner I want you to either fire these two guys or trade me and I think probably even even in his heart of hearts I think Everyone around the league, I think people around the Nets, they understand Joe Josiah is not going to fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash. Um, and so whether Kevin Durant knew going into this conversation that the, the ultimatum would not succeed, that's, that's clearly what Joe Josiah, when he tweets last night and says, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to support my coaching staff and my front office, that's basically him going with his, his side, which is Damn. Sean Marks and Steve so Nash. You and think- that clearly is going to drive even – Probably a deeper well between the two sides. Oh, I'd say Joe's side. though, so he doesn't need to make a decision. <laughs> Kevin Durant's on a contract for four years. Sorry, I had to. I had to throw that out. No, time. no,
0: he's on a contract for four years. It's a lot of money. I understand that there's a chance that the team could say, "No, you're going to play here," and I'm sure that worked. You know, I'm, oh, sure, I'm sure that. Uh-huh. I'm sure. Always simple. I'm sure it always works out that way. But hit, did you kind of alluded to it? But I would like to kind of dive in a little bit more. Kevin Durant thought that when he wanted to talk like him and uh size relationship was a good relationship. You think going into this uh, meeting, like they had a, a good uh, relationship one in there. Kevin Durant thought like he was maybe doing everybody a favor here. Like, Hey, this is, we can end this real quickly. Was Kevin Durant su- taken back that Joe side publicly then said, Hey, I hear the reports. They are true. And fucking am. Right? Yeah. Like, did he know that was, <laughs> was that a surprise uh, as well?
6: I, I think I I don't know if Kevin Durant was surprised that Joe Sy, within hours of the report, went out and supported Steve Nash and Sean Marks. But I think going into the meetings, I mean, it's clear. You know, whether it's that June 30th call, whether it's the meeting in, in over this past weekend in London that I reported, it's clear that the intent from Kevin Durant's perspective yeah. has been: listen, yep. this is how I feel. I don't want to be there. London. I want out. Let's work together on moving me out. But again. Business, life, it doesn't usually work that way or as easy as just saying, please trade me. There's always going to be these moments like when Ben Simmons asked out last year, or when Kawhi Leonard has asked out, Kyrie Irving asked out at one point, Anthony Davis asked out. What? When these trade requests, especially in the NBA, are made, it's very rare where a team will just acquiesce immediately. And sometimes it does happen, right? When Paul George got traded from Oklahoma City to the Clippers the year that Kawhi Leonard signed in 2019, that deal was made quietly Oklahoma City got every last asset that they wanted, um, and and that deal was made. And it later came out that Paul George had requested a trade. But those situations are very few and far between. Usually, when a player of that magnitude requests a trade, this is what happens, and usually it becomes a protracted situation. It takes time. And in this situation, I think Kevin Durant. It's obvious, and from what I've been told, that meeting, uh, you know, on both sides, it was looked at as a transparent meeting. But it's not going to be as simple as getting him out because the nets at the end of the day as i said last time i was on the show they've set a high high asking price for kevin durant you know in their conversations with boston which i think is right now when you look at the landscape the celtics are probably a leading team for kevin durant when you look Fuck at yeah. the pieces that they have jalen brown <laughs> you're able to add draft picks other players um if 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 boss if, 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 if Brooklyn goes that direction, you want as much as you can get. And that includes Marcus Smart, that includes draft picks, whoa, whoa, whoa. which right now, from what I'm told, Boston is not inclined to do. And so that's really what's like. going on here. There's a stalemate on all fronts, and we have about a month and a half before training camp now. Yeah, so what is the deadline? Training camp, I guess? I mean, there's not enough, you know, there's no official trade deadline. The tra- official trade deadline is in February in the NBA coming up in 2023. So yeah, but technically, this- there is no deadline, but as you get closer to training camp as the reality could set in i reported yesterday there are there are executives around the league that are wondering if there is no deal does kevin durant show up to training camp or will he sit and hold out you know similarly to the way ben simmons handled it does he does he go the jimmy butler route jimmy butler um when he asked out of minnesota in 20 i believe it was 18 uh there was a trade request and he showed up to camp and uh you know, let's just say he made things uncomfortable. Yeah. Does Kevin Durant go that route? I think a lot of those things are at play. And when you have a player that clearly has asked out, those things are on the table. Do you, are you willing as an organization to deal with that disgruntled star? If you, if you are, then you keep him and you go into the season and you see what happens. Um, but okay. I think.
0: Okay, I have a question. I have a follow up here. So you said there was a meeting in London this past weekend. Obviously, Kevin Durant, James Harden were, we're at the Travis Scott. Concert at the O2 Arena or whatever. So the conversation when James Harden was with the hamstring and I'm getting out of here, trade me out of here, was that he was fed up with the Kyrie situation, the whole thing. Now, if you start piecing things together, like Harden's telling Kevin Durant after Kevin Durant makes a decision, he no longer wants to be with the GM and the coach, he's like, man, that's what I was trying to tell. Is that kind of is that a is that a bonding conversation? You think there?
6: I, I I don't have the information that this is a bonding conversation. I don't have that. Information, but I mean, just, just you know, you could, you could just kind of see the tea leaves, right? I mean, the, the fact so that we James all Harden, miss,
0: we all misread what James Harden wanted the fuck out for, I
6: think, right? did we? Did we not? I mean, I mean, uh, you said it. You said it. Okay. Fast. Okay. Yeah. All, right. all right. Okay. See, look. Here you, we go. Said, we're getting I, places. See, now. but I, I don't. I, I'm not reporting that. I, I think that okay, James respect. Harden, no you know, he asked out for trade, and I think even after he asked out, I don't think there were any. I don't, I don't think him and Kevin Durant were off terms. I don't think him and Kyrie Irving, you know, hated each other. I don't think either of sides hated each other. Actually, I do think when James Harden was going through that moment, Kevin Durant was hurt. Those two guys, from what I was told, weren't communicating as much. Kevin Durant was rehabbing through his knee injury. James Harden, as we saw, was trying to get out of Brooklyn. So you had, you had two competing situations. One guy uh. is trying to get back on the court, is trying to rehab. He was really not in the mix I do wonder, Pat, all the time, if Kevin Durant was healthy and didn't have that sprained MCL in the middle of the season before James Harden asked out, does James Harden ever request a trade? Because if you have James Harden and Kevin Durant, that team is still really, really good. And if if those two guys are playing, I don't think James Harden asked. And, Shams,
0: you have to add on there, if New York had the same rules as basically every other city, big city, with the vaccination... um, mandate for city employees in a city building or something like that, whatever the clause was that New York and Toronto were not allowed to have uh, non-vaccinated players, but other teams non-vaccinated players were able to go there and play. Like mm-hmm. if you didn't have that, think about Kyrie, Harden and Durant because winning cures all right. that's in the winning NFL. Winning cures
6: everything. You, I mean, you said it best. I mean, winning cures everything. I'll, I was at that game, Brooklyn against Chicago. I think it was January 12th. It was Kyrie Irving's second game back in chicago and they beat the bulls i think by 30 40 points and that was when i think that was the last time the big three played together and succeeded (laughs) together at a high level that was when the bulls were like one of the top i think one two three season the eastern conference we never got to see those i think those three guys played a total of i think what 16 games together man it's it's crazy to think about that. Story the Nets are saying, saying that right now. These three guys yeah. made a 16 games. They went 13 and three. Pat
0: Joe Tsai, owner of the Nets, is like. uh. Hey, Kevin, where are you at this weekend? Well, I'm in London. And Joe says like, oh, you're going to the Travis Scott concert? Me too. Let's meet. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: don't know if something. meeting might have happened there. I, I don't have you – know, I said London. I, I didn't give it a location. I don't know oh, where that is. Okay. <laughs> oh, right. Chris
0: Jenner's the best, by the way. I mean, it's just a nonstop. Mm-hmm. It's just a nonstop. Of course, that's <laughs> yeah. happening at the Travis mm-hmm. Scott. No, nonetheless – it was. they celebrated as if it was a big time show so congrats to Travis, yeah, you guys, Travis. on fucking killing London Town, dude mm-hmm. absolutely killing it um, it's interesting how it's all playing out because the Nets have to be thinking to themselves as well, we paid this guy we paid this guy, we paid this guy, we had it all set we were the kings of New York, the Knicks were kind of we were going to do it and then life happens the way it does and would never have the opportunity now it sounds like Kevin Durant's on his way out Kyrie stays and ho! I got a text from this guy last night, okay? Whoa. After I put a tweet up, I dabbled into the NBA world, into yeah. the rumors world, mm-hmm. into the story world okay. on Twitter. And uh, it was a story from Rick Buker. 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 Oh, butcher. Rick Bucher went on to uh, Conky Herds the Herd yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he basically, in passing, told a joke, a story that. The team had asked Ben Simmons to play in that Game 5 against the Celtics or something like that in the playoffs. Game 4 against the Celtics in the playoffs. And uh, the team, this is not the coach or the GM or anything, the team did that. And Ben Simmons didn't even answer (sighs) He just removed himself from oh, the group text. No. <laughs> Yikes. One of the most hilarious things I've ever heard in my life. Now, I was being presented as if this was a real story from a real insider in a position of professionalism as telling story. Said it as a joke, but told the story as somebody that was insider. Didn't, didn't get the full conversation. That's on me. I get a text from Shams who goes, we have to talk about this
4: tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Shams, you're telling me that this awesome, legendary thing happened and it, it went a little differently? Like he gave a response like, guys, I'm really hurt. Fuck you. And then he left? Or <laughs> did this whole thing is a, a big fugace?
6: Pat, I just said I just need to be on the show tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, all I'm going to say on this is this never Happened? Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay.
2: Bucher? you're calling Buker a liar. Never happened.
6: And, and I don't, I don't think Ben Simmons tired. actually, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some more. He's I'm, ruining I'm go, my mood. I'm gonna give Ben Simmons some love on, on, here. Um, I mean, I, from everything I've been told, he is doing more on the floor. He's looking good. Also, so um I, can, I, I think the Nets yeah, have girl. high, high expectations for Ben Simmons next year. You, you talk about a guy, three-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA guy. I think that th- there are high, high expectations. For Ben Simmons he's he's supposed to be ready for training camp uh here in a month and a half and so okay. he's doing Exploring more and more on the, playoffs, the court I'm told year. um so good news on the Ben Simmons front uh this this though uh was was not uh something that occurred
0: man could you imagine like think about how much I enjoyed hearing that story though yeah, yeah. like I, I left listen so I know I,
6: I listen it's a it's it's you know it's it, it sounds amazing but didn't happen
0: to the villain that is Ben Simmons. Too, it just is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, and I we apologize to Ben Simmons because everything we have heard about you thus far did lead us to a point in which we believe that story to be true. Sure, yes. So that's on us for assuming anything. Uh, but also, Rick, what are you doing? What are you doing, Rick? Rick, you know that I'm gonna fall for that hook line sinker. Yeah. You know that I'm into it. So I'm not just the only one. If I fall for it, everybody's gonna do it. Happy to hear Ben Simmons is back on track after the back surgery. Kyrie Irving, he'll remain at the Nets.
6: So, I mean, right now, Kyrie, he opted into his contract. He's he's committed to the Nets. And from everything I've been told, he's been doing everything behind the scenes. When you think about leadership, when you think he's worked out, he's, he's worked out with teammates, yeah, um, you know, this offseason, you know, continuing now. to have those conversations <laughs> with Sean Marks, Steve okay, Nash. Um, from, from his side, you know, he's entering the last year of his deal. There's not really much of a place for him to really rock the boat. Um, I think what you're going to see from Kyrie Irving is just a level of high professionalism. And I think that's what... He's shown since he's opted in. Now, the other side is this. Him and Kevin Durant are very close. This is something that everyone knows. And I think at the end of the day, whatever Kevin Durant wants to do, you know, go through with the trade requests, you know, have feelings this way or that way, he's going to always support Kevin Durant as a friend and his happiness. But as far as, you know, where this leaves him in the Nets, I think whether Kevin Durant is traded or not, I think, you know, Kyrie Irving has an opportunity to still be a Net. And I think... The, the, the likelihood is still that right now the plan is for him to stay in that going into training camp in the season. All right. These things can all, always change, but all right, um, I, I don't right. believe on, as this stands right now. If Kevin Durant's right. traded, it's a foregone conclusion that Kyrie Irving's traded. I think that um, you know, it's really going to be about how these conversations keep going.
0: Kyrie uh, allowed to play next year? Yeah, the mandate thing?
6: He is allowed to play in New York City, but Toronto, there was just a memo that the NBA Thanks, put Dude, out that players are unvaccinated players are still uneligible to play in Toronto because of Canada's uh, and and the overall vaccine uh, mandate.
0: There, all right. We appreciate Canada caring for people more than anybody else on Earth. We do. Thank you guys. Thank yeah. you for Thank you guys so much. Uh, Connor, your question for Shams. Yeah,
2: Shams. You said Boston's probably the best offer the Nets are going to get. Essentially, uh, I don't know if those are your exact words, but that's what it sounded like. What other teams <laughs> might jump in on uh, trying to go after KD? Because it does seem as though this situation, all roads lead to him leaving.
6: I mean when you look at the best player Connor, that's on the board, I think Jalen Brown would have to be that. I think Hell if yeah. you can go get Scotty Barnes from Toronto, no which right now Scotty Barnes is not on the table. I think you go do that as well um, but as it stands right now, Jalen Brown is probably that centerpiece of a trade that makes the most sense uh, but uh, you know Toronto, Miami, Boston, I think even Phoenix you know could Phoenix still come up with some kind of a package around Mikhail Bridges and four five six first rounders to go send another team and Try to get back in this race because once DeAndre Ayton had his contract offer sheet from Indiana, that four-year $133 million deal, once it was matched by Phoenix, it really created a position for, for Phoenix. They didn't have many assets behind, besides McCullough Bridges and a bunch of draft picks. And so we'll see where Phoenix, it, It's it, to me, they are still very, very far behind from the rest of the pack. Um, but really, those are the three or four teams that I think can make – still poses a serious threat for Kevin Durant.
1: Shams, why don't the Nets just blow everything up? Like we we've heard that like everyone talks about all these these guys being like pre-Madonnas and they can't play together. But like, are we sure that the Nets just like don't know how to fucking manage or handle any of these guys? Like, what if they if they keep Durant? Like we've talked about, uh, you know, like stuff around the team. Like there's no way they're gonna win with all the shit that's hanging over that. If they trade him, they're not as good. Like why don't they just blow everything up and get draft picks?
6: Yeah, I, I think that was, I think, you know, when you talk to people around, when I talk to people around the league, it's, it's a, you know, before free agency, the question was, what is Brooklyn going to do? You know, depending on what Kyrie, what happened to Kyrie Irving, I think there was a window of time there where, you know, maybe you go down that rebuilding route, but clearly Kyrie Irving stayed on the roster. And if you have Kyrie Irving on the team, you still have Kevin Durant under contract, you're trying to win a championship. And I think at the end of the day, Joe Sy has proven as an owner, he wants to win a ring and you don't win a ring by trading out Kyrie That's Irving and Kevin Durant doing. for a boatload of draft picks. That's why, you know, I think the Rudy Gobert trade gets thrown around a lot. Then fire you talk Steve Nash. What Utah got. Oh, wow, Steve's only been one year.
1: Yeah, I know, but KD doesn't want to play for him. So if you want to win a ring and you keep one of the best players on, on the earth and just fucking fire Steve Nash.
0: Well, what about Marks, pal? Yeah. He sure can
1: he, he fucking see the door, too. See you
6: later. We got KD. Yeah.
1: Joe Psy knows what he's doing. Let him run him the whole operation. You think Joe that's Psy- why there's
6: a lot of, I think, oh, I don't know if confusion is the right word. It's just a lot of uncertainty. And I think around that uncertainty, it, it, Listen, it's not impossible. They could theoretically bring this group back. You can, yeah. you can, you can, you can sure. force, you can force Kevin Durant back on this team. Yeah. Uh, you know, He's if he ends up guy. showing up. Yeah, for sure. And hey, Kevin Durant, you definitely, can do with this. Team. You, know in, hey, you know him, you know him give you the best chance to win? We
0: don't want to speak over you, but we are because you know this a do lot it. more than uh-huh. us. So we apologize. Kevin Durant type of guy, definitely just yeah. All right, bygones be bygones, mm-hmm. move on. Yep. I think everything I've that's not a right.
6: I mean, right now, it doesn't seem like that, right? But, I mean, the closer <laughs> you get to camp, you never know what can happen. The closer you get to the regular season, you never know. At the end they, you know, game checks can be involved once you oh! start missing games. We saw what happened with Ben Simmons. He has sure. about $20 million up for oh arbitration. My, Is he going to get that amount of money contract. from Philadelphia or not? Yeah. Um, does Kevin Durant want to be in that position? I think these contract. are all questions the Nets have to ask.
0: You think Joe Sy's going to Travis Scott concert so he can have a bunch of fucking draft picks, pal? No, no way. He's not getting rid of his. Hey, listen, I got Kyrie on the team. How you doing? To keep it yeah. moving. I trade for Ben Simmons, and uh, I got a good Australian um, little happy hour I get to go mm-hmm. to. Yeah,
2: you do have to wonder too if Kevin Durant had a strong
0: woman in his corner. And All right, listen, and we're not diving in. Did you hear? <laughs> actually, did you hear that? Did you hear Colin Cowherd's entire take on that whole thing? No, I didn't hear that. What was it? Well, it was about Aaron doing ayahuasca. And uh, him not having, him not being married, have a strong woman. And then there was a lot of ricochet shots that went around mm-hmm, to the entire sports God. world. Yeah, everywhere. The entire sports. Kevin Durant caught some. Kyrie mm-hmm. caught some. I think there were some in other sports as well.
6: Big Pharma got in there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a
0: full thing. And that's why that guy's a Bob Ross sports star. <laughs> yeah.
6: The picture he you painted. Need, you, you need a strong woman in your life. I think it was your, it was just your anniversary, right, Pat? Yeah, Happy yeah. Anniversary.
0: Hey, thank you. Yeah, Sam kicks ass. She is awesome. But also, um, I got a lot of friends that aren't married, and it's like I think they're pretty successful too. But I'm not going to judge them strictly off of being married or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. Colin Coward had a way to do it, though, and it sounded compelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It uh, last question for you. Sean's here. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Go ahead, Tone.
4: Shams, what's going on with DeJounte Murray? He is in uh, these summer leagues and he is disrespecting everybody, including fucking Paul E. Uh, <laughs> what's the gossip around the league on that situation?
0: And Paulo e. um, as a
6: whole. I, I mean, to me... Uh, I think it, 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 DeJounte Murray seems hungry. He seems like he has started, an edge to him. Dog. I think it'll be he's good for Atlanta. I'm always gonna, you know, Pat, I'm always going to look at it as a positive. I think <laughs> Atlanta needs that edge. And if yeah. he can bring that edge to dog. Trey Young and John Collins and that group, that's the type of guy that they need. That's the type of guy that they're missing. So does, that's my take on it.
0: Does everybody hate Paula? 'Cause Because he said, uh, would you rather have 10 NBA All-Stars or one championship? And he was like, hey, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, fucking ten time all star sounds sweet. See, I didn't even see that, but that's
6: yeah. That's I respect a, the answer. At least he's being honest. At least he's being honest.
0: Yeah, Dude, but honesty, honest. I don't know if that's a that's <laughs> the right place. Keep boys. that one in. What the, <laughs> the 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 Murray situation and is Paulo? What is is he just? Is he just a? He's going to be a guy, and he knows he's going to be a guy, and everybody knows he's going to be a guy. Is that what? number
6: gonna, one overall pick. You know, you got the number one overall pick shine. I think that's what Dejounte Murray said. Um, but from honestly, from everything I've been told, Paulo's a pretty carefree, easygoing guy. So I don't—I'm I, I, not going to even speak on that beef. I okay. don't have enough information on. That.
0: Okay, well, I'm excited to hear Smart. that Paulo sounds like a guy, though. Yeah, because right? he's incredibly talented. I think he put up like 40 or something in that same game. Mm-hmm. Balled out, just a stud, mm-hmm. uh, just like you, ladies and gentlemen, the insider of the inside of the association, ladies and gentlemen, Sham Thank you, buddy out Baby. Here we go, of Baby, into another hour of incredible, riveting sports talk. Last hour, we talked to Sean Sharani, the insider for the insider of the association, about all the things happening around the Brooklyn Nets and the NBA as a whole. This is normally their offseason, so he had a little bit of a five o'clock shadow, didn't he? Yes, yeah. he did. He was kind of kicking back, relaxing a little bit, utilizing a fork to eat some oatmeal. I mean, he is not normally in the game as much as he is in the game in this particular time of the year, but the NBA is still cooking, mostly because Kevin Durant told the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, it's either me or the fucking head coach, Steve Nash, in the show. Sean Marks and then hours later the owner Joe Sy said yeah I'm with the GM and the head coach publicly Mm. so Kevin Durant now wants out still wants out it's not going to get better but that is worthy of a conversation because Kevin Durant is fucking Kevin Durant, Beast. Yeah. he is a beast. Yeah, maybe going to the Boston Celtics. There's a good Ooh, conversation this yeah. hour. We got a lot of NFL stuff to catch up on, and we're doing that alongside the talks at table at Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connor, and one half of the hammer Dan. And Cowboys' tone digs. Joining us live from an attic in Ohio, a man who I can't wait to hear his thoughts on a new Big Ten TV contracts. Yeah, mm-hmm. mega deal, mega deal. Ladies and gentlemen, college football national champion for the Ohio State Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, and COVID survivor, Aaron James Hawk. Yay, AJ! How you doing, AJ? Oh, I'm doing great. I, I felt it too. This earth is sped
7: up, man. We got we to gotta figure it out.
0: So I didn't, even, I didn't even know that that was potentially happening, and I would have calculated for that whenever I went up to the top rope to jump off to the side for the Swanton Bombini. But now that I'm learning that literally what I was standing on was trying to move out from underneath my feet faster than it ever has in history. I mean, it makes a little sense. Maybe I give myself a little forgiveness for that entire thing happening. Absolutely. Jesus. Why is it happening, AJ? Well, we'll start with you, I guess. And that's how we'll start this hour.
7: Is it COVID related? Whoa. Not bad,
0: pal. Well, allegedly. Did that that somehow speed it up?
2: AJ Fauci
0: over here. well, we don't know. That's what I was asking him. Maybe he did some research <laughs> not as much as fouch obviously. But Bill came in with a new article he read yeah. oh, from TMZ wow. this morning that really brought a, a positive spin on the entire place. And we appreciate Bill for that. Yeah, thank, it, Bill. You, thank, Bill. thank you, Bill. Up, Bill. Bill took time out of coding YouTube and posting videos on our YouTube channel, which we appreciate him for, and uh, following the gaming community mm-hmm. to read an article that would, you know, he would bring into our office this morning and just say, Hey, none of this matters because boom, this just happened again in a similar fashion as COVID
1: did. Yeah, it really raised the spirits, didn't it? Yeah. We're yeah. having
0: a great conversation, a lot of laughs, a lot of joys, and then Bill's like, hope everybody gets some fun in. Yeah. Read yeah. an article on TMZ. There's a he- the new virus coming yeah. over. Basically, is what he said. It's like, whoa, 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 Bill. Maybe that's why the the world has sped up, but Bill is most informed on some things. And Aaron, you Norm James, Aaron James, sorry about that. You normally are all in on this stuff. You knew the earth was spinning faster, or did you see uh, the repost? from the internet which we all saw and still don't know if it's real or not but we've just been running with the fact that it is real
7: no i'm going strictly off of what you guys are saying now i'm
0: thinking back oh, the last see, couple months good. and we're thinking, yeah problem. you know what i think <laughs> i have felt it we're part of the problem yeah a little bit dizzy the internet hasn't been as great my phone hasn't been working oh, yeah, been terrible
7: all. for real the last two weeks
0: well think about how fast those fucking satellites are oh. moving by
1: earth now oh. yeah
0: i mean they're yeah. having how much you want these satellites to do recalibrate all question. of those things. Jeez. But no
1: one's offering any solutions. So. I mean, we just did. You know, it okay, maybe the people, like the scientists, offer some solutions on how we stop this.
0: So, where's your sports
1: stooges? We, I don't know if you heard it in the first
0: hour. We, we mm-hmm. landed on, let's give Dale Earnhardt Jr., mm-hmm. all right, some Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Let's get his ass back in a car. Mm-hmm. And we need him just burning out against the direction the earth is spinning. Yeah. So, his car probably. Probably 800 ponies under her hood. Oh, baby. yeah. 800, idiot. 900 ponies under her hood? it has got to be plenty of
7: power to turn the earth, right? Yeah. Our junior,
5: yeah, come on, hey.
7: yeah, Junior will be just fine, <laughs> yeah. This ain't about the car, pal. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking? Exactly? I heard, I heard. Ty, there, Ty threw uh, Carl Edwards in there. I think if you threw Carl next to him, then we may have some.
0: Hey, listen, however many we need, you know, however many. Right, we need. Jimmy Johnson not faring well in the Indy car. He wrecks sure. every race he's in. Let's put him over in NASCAR, back mm-hmm. in the, back in the saddle again, and have them just peeling out for eternity. Listen, yeah, we'll give you mo- as many Mountain Dews as you need, Junior. Yep, whatever you need, Carl, we'll get you guys. going. Going, you're saving the earth. That's us sports people telling you, scientists, here's an option. You know, That's this right. slow down the earth and stop affecting all of us. It's been hot as fuck in Indiana yeah. the last three weeks. To help,
4: I do think Junior needs to be in his number eight Budweiser car. He doesn't need to be in his 88, okay? Okay, Fucking throwback. Like, yeah. All right.
2: OG. And we have a plan B. Like, we have a plan A and a B. Like, come on. Sign Parachute. So that parachute, parachute and chestnut just eating their- gravel and oh the- yeah so
0: it's not as aerodynamic <laughs> exactly. right. so if we make earth oh. less aerodynamic you know because every time I see a photo of it from space it's this perfect sphere like a marble if you get Joey chestnut to eat out a slice that's naturally going to bust down the aerodynamicness dynamic yeah dynamic dynamicity and it's going to slow down there's two answers you're welcome we got Joey chestnut greatest eater of all time <laughs> mm-hmm. and fucking junior yeah and we are trying to fix this problem. Nobody else is. And that's a problem, AJ. That is what we've been saying. Hey,
7: I guess you guys are giving solutions. It's true. Most people just like to complain, and they don't offer any solutions. So I guess you're one up on everyone else.
0: Well, we're trying. That's what this show is trying to be. And joining us now, we have a solution for our we are not talking to a quarterback for the Houston Texans problem. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. We had that problem for a long time. Yeah, we did. And then yeah. all of a sudden, this guy drops into the scene. Last year, we got a chance to chat with him. And we talked to him as if we are like, amazed because I'm not sure anybody outside of the Texans organization, Stanford, and this guy's friends knew how good and how quick he was going to get acclimated to NFL football. Not being chatted about enough, Kyle Van Noy actually said, I'd like to give a shout out to a young quarterback that has really impressed me with his knowledge and how quickly he's become an NFL player. And that's Davis Mills in Houston. Other players are saying the same thing. We got to watch him perform and chat with him. We learned his name, although giving him a nickname in the process, which I'm sure he doesn't love. Joining us now starting quarterback for the Houston Texans, ladies and gentlemen, Davis, Dougie Mills. Yay! Hey, what
3: well, up, guys? Thanks for having me on again. Hey, people are calling you Dougie, I heard. Is that real? <laughs> I've heard it bounce around a couple times. Hate it? Hate it? I don't mind it. It comes from good people.
0: Okay! Oh, okay, God. Dougie!
5: Dougie!
3: Hey, we're
0: a big fan, Dougie. That mustache looks fantastic. Yes. How's training camp going? How are the vibes down there, pal?
3: I appreciate it. Everything's going well. Um, trying to beat the Texas heat, I think... We're ready to get rolling. This preseason games are coming up quick, so the guys are ready for it, and we're excited.
0: Obviously going into year two here, a little bit more comfort. Uh, Not granted, new head coach, but you still got pep around. There's still a lot of the normalcy, I think, around the building. Last year, expectations outside of Houston were not high. You guys came in and outperformed them. Obviously still have a lot of room to go, but how do you feel coming into a second camp knowing you're the guy? That has to be pretty empowering, and have you experienced that at all?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think coming into it, knowing you're the guy, the, ins- the assurance you have from your teammates and the coaches in the off season kind of allows you to go out there and play a little more free. Um, obviously, second year in the league, you pick up on a lot of things that um, you didn't know beforehand. So kind of getting thrown in there, thrown in there early last season, it's kind of thrown in the fire. But as you start to settle down, you're able to get, get comfortable and go out there and play confident. I really feel like I've done that leading up um this whole offseason leading into camp so i feel like i'm in a really good spot right now and i think the team's clicking so we're excited for it hell yeah
7: what's it take for you to get comfortable out there when you're thrown in there and and you know it seems probably seems like it's going a thousand miles an hour at first like is a, is it one throw is it one play or something that you see that makes you kind of settle in
3: yeah i mean usually it's that once that first ball gets released out of your hand you can tell pretty early on if it's going to be a good one or bad one um and then, like I, a lot of people always say, is that first time you get hit or take a hit, you kind of get settled into the game and shake a couple things off and get ready to roll. But doggy, I mean, the biggest thing, doggy, quarterback-wise, doggy, doggy, uh, you need to fucking
0: get rid of that. Okay, Joe Burrow had that, remember? Oh, uh, yeah. Joey Burrow. They love, he needs to get hit, and he's he's in there. Andrew had the same thing, like, oh, he wakes up or whatever. he his like, teeth knocked hey, out. Hey, doggy, we don't need you, okay? we need <laughs> You punch yourself in the face, maybe, before, <laughs> okay? You know what I mean? Just are, the- we're working on it. Okay, okay, good, okay. I'm sorry. But you said the most important part. Go ahead. Uh, I think you're about to get into the mental
3: part. Oh, I was going to say basically just going out there and having an idea of what you're – what you're going to with certain play calls and like what you're attacking on the defense, being able to anticipate that. Just going out and reacting rather and just guessing or trying to think through things out on the field because you're going to be too slow when you have to do that.
0: I think AJ was also trying to hit on a broader point. Was there a moment last year during the season a play, maybe you read what was going to happen and you're like, all right, I'm starting to get the hang of this because Patrick Mahomes didn't come out until like two and a half years after he was in the league. And he said, I just started understanding NFL defenses like midway through the year last year. Was there a moment last year where you thought you were maybe catching up to what was going on? Or are you still kind of going through the disguise? And NFL defenses are much different than college defenses' phase, you think?
3: Um, I mean I don't know if there's any key moments I think the low point was the Buffalo Bills game early in the season where I thought I was seeing certain things and ended up being the exact opposite and I was giving the ball away but I think once I went in there later in the season you're able to kind of pull from those the reps earlier in the season where you're seeing things that defense are trying to do disguise wise and um, just go out there and attack and I mean really just see the space that defenses are giving up in coverages or in man and Really attack that and letting your your playmakers on the edge win for you.
0: I remember when Pep came to Indianapolis, Luck was here too. And Luck, obviously, you Stanford guys have massive brains. (laughs) I mean – Massive brains. You're in your own way. You're unique. I think you're different than the super smart schools. I think Stanford people are Stanford people. I think in Stanford people understand that. I think coach David Shaw even told me that, where that when they recruit, they meet a kid and they're like, you're a Stanford person. Like, you're supposed to be there. I think it's a certain way. So when Pep came in with luck, there was a lot of conversation around the rest of the offense that was like, hey, this isn't Stanford. Like, there's some guys here that don't have Stanford brains. How much has Pep Hamilton helped in this entire process? And what would you- you say about him being around you now for two years in that team as almost a a staple almost of you guys going forward with lovey
3: oh i mean it's been great i think pep i mean when we're installing the stuff now he's still pulling up that old indie film with andrew um at the helm and smart i mean it's exciting um a lot of success in his past and i feel i feel like he's going to put everyone in really good situations and and really good spots for themselves to kind of execute at their highest level and in that regard. And then, I mean, it, it shows a lot of um, confidence with him and lovey stepping up into the new roles. I think the team has a really good mindset and everyone's confident moving forward. I think we have a lot of re- really good pieces um, around the team that we know we're able to go out and perform, and I mean, we're excited and itching at the bit for that first week. Itching
7: at the bit. Do you have any kind of, uh, any plan for what your, your play time might be throughout these preseason games?
3: Not yet, I'm sure we'll get sorted out. Um, do you, you want to play? Yeah, do you some. want to?
0: And this, you just said that you like to get hit, though, too. So maybe they shouldn't.
3: You know what I mean? Maybe you shouldn't be uh, I mean, yeah, these. play as much as possible without getting hit. <laughs> but, I mean, it comes with it. But, yeah, I mean, every rep's a valuable rep. And, I mean, the more I can play, the better.
0: Training camp, every period is you treat it by itself? Like, are you trying to – what is your – do you have mapped out goals for this season and for training camp? Or is it just you just worry about the day in front of you and, and just kind of keep it moving?
3: Yeah, I mean, right now it's day-to-day. Obviously, you get kind of built in the schedule um, once you get more into the game weeks where you're um, knocking off different installs and um, game planning things day-to-day, whether it be third down, red zone, stuff like that. But right now it's kind of day-by-day, period-by-period, play-by-play throughout practices, making sure we're um, going through and being clean on our installs and really finding out what plays we like heading into the season so we can get back to our foundation.
0: You have a solid memory, huh? I think so.
3: Like photographic? Um, I piece things together. I wouldn't say it's perfectly photographic because I feel like I try to, when I go out there, delete as much as possible so I can have the, the least on my plate um, and pl- keep it simple. But, I mean, I think I rem- remember some good stuff. It,
0: it feels like, and I might be mistaken here, but I've got an opportunity to watch very good football players play from pretty close up. That is, like, the most important thing. Right in the I, I feel like the mental is a big deal that 's why Mac had success yeah. because it feels like he was able to pick things up. Joey Burrow feels like he had success early. Patrick Mahomes had success early because they were able to get in there do, do you Do you sense that like, okay, I can make every throw. Is there a moment where it 's like, I know my brain can keep up, my body can keep up, or did you come into the NFL knowing you were going to be an NFL guy? Was there anything? that like happened that made you go, okay, I'm gonna be able to figure this out quickly. Was there ever any worry about not being able to pick up an NFL offense? I mean, probably never, right? You're a fucking brainiac of a human.
3: No, I mean, I think I've always been extremely confident in myself. I was told at a young age, basically, there's, there's a fine line between confident and cockiness and you want to be dancing on it. Obviously you want to be on the, <laughs> the confident side, but I mean, I've always had full trust in my abilities and I'm ready to just go out there and perform and show everyone what I can do. Baseball player, any other sports? I played football, basketball, and baseball growing up. And got a black belt in Choi Kwon Do at a young age. What? A little bit of everything. What? In, in what?
0: <laughs> Do.
7: Choi
3: Kwon Do. It's a Korean form of um, martial arts. What is it? Strikes? Throwing?
7: Tr- Choi Kwon Do? <laughs>
0: Choi Kwon Do, yeah. Look no. it up. Choi Kwon Do? <laughs> no, read a book, AJ. Is that what you're saying? Choi <laughs> Kwon Do? Choi.
3: Choi. See- yes strikes throwing leverage what is it a little bit of everything self-defense um discipline but yeah you, you had to memorize it? a bunch of no not anymore smart When
1: you retire, though. Never lose that black belt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh Black
0: belt's a big deal, right? Oh, yeah. Did you have to walk through and they just beat the shit out of you with that thing? Is that (laughs) happening?
3: Punching through boards, throwing ninja stars, a little bit of everything.
0: Oh! oh, oh. (laughs) From throwing ninja stars to throwing Dukes in NFL (laughs) games. Look at the headline there. Uh, Pretty good basketball player, I assume, yeah. Could have been good at any sport, good at every sport?
3: Yeah, actually, that's a pretty cool. uh, I played on a pretty good AAU team growing up. Had a couple of top 10 NBA drafts picks that i played with i think the best we ever got was maybe fourth in aau nationals who was on the team uh wendell carter colin sexton um connor hayward um and then a cup a bunch of other kids who either played d1 or d1 football or basketball
0: were you a dog out there you dunking on folks or what are we shooting what what type of game did you uh
3: shooter slasher defense a little bit everything oh
0: you're smacking the floor wow
3: yes yeah <laughs> Set the tone.
0: Yeah, absolutely connor your question for dougie davis mills yeah dougie pat mentioned at the start
2: i got another story behind the mustache because it looks like after practice you go to a, like a small town in texas and you're the sheriff of the town yeah. how did that come about and was this like a plan going into training camp
3: get the cowboy hat no it was a split second decision while i was shaving i think my facial hair kind of goes in cycles like i get sloppy and let it grow out and then Decide either shave it off or shave everything but the mustache, and this was the leave the mustache phase, so we'll you, see how long it lasts. Do
0: you guys have gong shows or shows or rookie shows down there at Texans Camp, and is anybody impressed?
3: Um, there's been a couple good ones. Um, I think right now Damian Pierce might have the uh, the award for the rookies. Sing? Um, what do you do? Sing, singing and dancing, yes. Wow. Go ahead, AJ.
7: Can you recreate that for us here? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Oh. That's a shame. Hey, what's Lubby like? Lubby came into the the office. I wasn't in there, but he came in there and drained a bucket and walked off and seemed super cool.
3: And I talked to different people that played for him.
7: Seems like a guy that really likes to take care of his players but also holds you accountable. Is that kind of what you've seen? Definitely.
3: I mean, I think we all have a lot of confidence in him. Um, I mean, he has the – the past that we can look to and see that he's had a a lot of success. And I mean, we're really just feeding off of that. I think he has a really good control of the team right now. Obviously he takes care of the players. Um, And I mean, we're really excited to get rolling. I think he's going to handle all the stuff on defense and kind of pep handles the offense, but they're both kind of pushing us in the right, right direction We're, I mean, pumped up to get going.
0: There's a clip from Hard Knocks tonight that uh, is on HBO at 10 p.m., I believe, (laughs) of the Detroit Lions, and it's Deuce Staley and Aaron Glenn, two position coaches, Well, Deuce obviously on the offense, AG on the defense, and they're talking shit to each other. And I think Hard Knocks in the past has not fully grasped how coaches also are uber competitive and talk shit. So I was excited to see this clip and also pumped that the coaches relaxed enough while mic'd up on camera to act how they always act on this. Like that is something that Pep and you talking shit right now. Offense, defense, are you chirping at all? Is there any uh, any chatter at the Houston Texans practice or is it, uh, hey, we're all professionals here type moment? <laughs>
3: We're mostly professionals. Some something will come up at some times because I mean, obviously everyone's uber uber competitive and full of testosterone pumping up. But um, I mean, everyone's excited. Get going, especially in those that first padded day was something we always look forward to and they got a little heated but it, it was all in good fun
0: yeah there's it happens everywhere and it used to be reported as like a terrible thing oh the coach has no control now i don't want to say it's because the show's like this but now it's like yeah the boys want to fight a little bit <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean you just gotta you gotta, you gotta let it happen you gotta you
3: gotta do what you gotta do yeah you
0: gotta let it happen uh pep hamilton still in shape is he getting a little fat get a little fat?
3: No, he's walking around with his, his aerobics band, riding his bike, I mean, staying in shape, doing push-ups and meetings. Yeah, with yeah. Pep, the same old Pep. Yeah, that's what I was what I was wondering about because
0: me and Pep <laughs> always had a discussion about who was faster. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And I always told Pep, like, hey, your old ass, okay, is going to get outrun by a punter. You just need to deal with that, Pep. Like, that is something you just need to deal with. He always had sick J's on. His shoe game, always insane, always working out super into fitness. I was just hoping he got. he got a little fat... Because I was going to take a plane right to your training camp tomorrow and I was going to have a camera and I was going to say, hey, Pep, let's go ahead and race. But it turns out he's still in shape. I will wait for him to get lazy. Uh, go ahead, Ty Schmidt.
1: Dougie, I assume it wasn't this way at Stanford because you have so much on your plate and so much shit going on. But this offseason was, I, I assume, like the first time in your life that you actually just dedicated everything towards football. Like, is there anything new you picked up going into this year? And are you, ex- like, your internal expectations? Are you expecting to make a huge jump this year? yeah
3: i mean i think i'm ready to make a big jump i think i'm i mean just going and kind of kicking off on what i've already done and throughout otas and training camp i'm really excited for what physically i'm able to go out there and do i feel like i got bigger stronger and faster this off season. what um, put a lot of work in um but i mean what? i think we're at a really good spot, <laughs> spot with the team um and ready to go but yeah i think this offseason Um, different than last year you actually had a little bit of time to take a break after the year because I mean coming out of college you go straight into combine training and pro days and stuff like that so there's never really time to take a breath Um, and this year you're able to sit back and relax a little bit and get a couple weeks off after the season then kind of kick it back off and hit it hard and I mean get everything going um, towards OTAs and to camp so that's why that rookie wall is
0: real that rookie wall, wall is very real for you know all rookies because it's the longest year of your life and it's the most important one and it's the one with the thing you've dreamt about your entire life has it in there because you have training camp for your senior season or junior season, whatever it is. Then you have your season. Then you have hopefully postseason Then you have combine training, pro day training. Then you get drafted. Then rookie uh, mini camp yep. is that next week. Then OTAs. Then you have like three weeks you're where you're down but you have to go back earlier anyways training camp longest season you've ever had in your entire life including preseason, and then you finally get a breath at the end of that and you have no structure for the first time in your life you see a lot of guys you know fuck up in this particular time frame but also a lot of guys get a chance to focus on different things you were worried you had to get bigger stronger faster or you think this is just natural evolution of davis dougie mills
3: I think it's just natural. Obviously, I think I, I mean, with the schedule and I mean, having some more time to just go on and lift and eat good. I mean, it comes naturally, but I mean, also added some flexibility, added to the golf game a little bit.
0: Oh, you a player? You a stick?
3: Um, not yet. Just started taking lessons a little bit and played growing up a little bit. I'm like a like a 14 or 15 right now. So you'll be scratching
2: like a year. A year
0: right?
3: yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's
2: the plan. Yeah,
3: yeah. I don't know if you, do you
0: saw the depression hit me whenever he was like, I'm 14, 15, just, just got started. Some, <laughs> just started uh, guy, this guy's going to be better than me in less than a month. I'm sorry. Go ahead, AJ.
7: Did you get uh, you get bulked up a little bit? You uh, you plan on run the ball a few more times this year, maybe lowering that shoulder on people? Uh-oh. I like to get hit. Why? <laughs> thought you said
3: I, I thought you said I wasn't supposed to get hit. Well, you're not. Uh, AJ, no, guy, I mean, wait, you're that guy's an all-time
0: a leading tackler for the Packers. Remember that. <laughs> I know.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, adding a little weight just protects you from the times you will get hit. Um, I think I probably came in five or eight pounds heavier than I was playing out last year. So just trying to keep that weight, um, and make sure a lot of times, especially doing training camp down here in Houston, cool. you want to come into camp a little heavy cause you know, you're going to lose eight or 10 pounds every single practice. So, I mean, it's hard to keep on that weight down here. So what is it is smart it, about it?
0: Is it like a hundred with like a hundred percent humidity down there every single day?
3: For the most part. Yes. Oh, god! luckily though, we're practicing at 8am now. So, I mean, it's not as hot, but I think the humidity might be a little worse with all the dew coming off the grass in the morning. So, Oh,
0: listen, that's a science. It's a trade off. Yeah, it is. But it's also a a. 6am wake up every single day. You're right into practice. I mean, there is obviously a lot of trade offs there. I'm not a morning person. Now, granted, it does not matter because punt periods, the first period, five minutes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sounds good. I'm in and out of here. But like, there are some guys that are not morning guys, but their lives in their jobs are dependent upon them performing it. like 7.30, 8 a.m. in these training camp practices. And I always remember being like, man, I am happy I am not you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I am so pumped. But it beats the heat. So it's either one or the other. Then you guys just have all days. You have walkthroughs in the afternoon and then meetings afterwards. Is it a full day? How is the schedule at training uh,
3: camp? Yeah, so it's basically 8 a.m. practice. Um, you get like an hour, hour and a half afterwards um, for either lift time at lunch and all that stuff. And then we start meetings around 1 or so. Um, and then go meetings from like 1 to 5 30. And then, yeah, walk through at the end of the day to finish.
0: You guys getting better down there, huh? Let's go, Texans. Now, you're yep. in the Colts division, obviously. Sorry about it. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> you know what I See mean? Season opener. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Where? You or us?
3: It's in Houston. It's going to be so fucking hot. Hey, wow. hey,
0: Frank, Chris, get the boys in some garbage bags. <laughs> yep. It's 100 degrees with 100% humidity out there. Let's go ahead and get the boys ready. Uh, last question for you here. Davis, we can't thank you enough. Go ahead, Tone.
4: Davis, Dougie, I want to learn a little bit about your moxie here, okay? What's your favorite route to rip? What's your favorite type of throw to make? I would probably say either a
3: big post or a comeback. Hell, yeah. Really?
4: How about you guys have
0: nets down there? You guys throwing yes, balls? Yes, we do. How come I haven't seen you missed? You have not uh. hit the net. Why don't you hit the net one time? Why don't you stop oh. worrying about putting on we, eight pounds? You got to hide
3: the secret weapon from the media.
0: Ooh. Oh, oh, the Texans. <laughs> hey, you're hitting that thing, though. Is that just casual standard? Every quarterback does those drills. And is it become this become like a new thing? Oh, Everybody's yeah. throwing into a net now.
3: That's more so. We just do like little QB competitions after practice. We're not doing those too much and in actual endy drills.
0: Oh, that is strictly for content then.
3: So the mm. Texans.
0: To give the us the most doggy mills <laughs> yeah Draining <laughs> buckets please uh good luck with the rest of camp good luck with your second year we can't thank you enough for joining us man
3: yeah for sure thanks guys are
0: hey, you gonna keep that or you said it cycles you, you don't know you'll get bored with it and you'll
3: yeah so- we'll see we'll see I'm still still taking opinions keep it. well we like it yeah I need to grow it out so it can twirl up it then put some gel on it oh, oh. like con con's got yeah, that yeah
0: do so, and uh Shad Khan. Shad, Khan. Shad mm-hmm. Khan. Tony Khan's dead. <laughs> yes. Shad Khan. Yeah, can do that. Hey, maybe Burnside's too. You know what I mean? Yeah.
3: Connect them. Yeah. We'll
0: think about it. All right, legend, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Davis Mills. Hey! Joining us. From who knows where, honestly, World Traveler. Uh, it could be anywhere. Where in the world is Charles Pagano? Uh, <laughs> uh, joining us now, the people's coach, a man who's in football for like 30 to 40 years, friend of the show, I was lucky to play for a team heat coach, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Pagano. Yeah, yeah, you Jesus! look
8: good. Now you look good. Hey. You, you. I mean, really good. The hair, the, I mean, tightened up. You had that vest on earlier from the from the Texans, looking sweet.
0: It was a double XL, he Chuck. AJ Chuck looks great. Chuck, this is a double XL. Chuck came up to me one day in training camp. Who knows what time it was? Maybe like fucking eight a.m. or whatever. He goes, "Looks like you uh, brushed your hair with a lollipop." <laughs> I was like, dude, "I just I just woke up, dude. What do you? I got calyx everywhere, Chuck. All right, this is what us whites have to deal with." All right, sorry, I'll have the perfect hair. When, Chuck, when you lost your hair, you know, when you were battling, I know, yeah. you, I know you were worried that shit wasn't coming back because you got that, you know what I mean? You got that perfect, ooh, you know? When the hair came back, how good of a day was that? That was a good day?
8: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a great day. Because, you know, when you go through chemo and you lose your hair, so they tell you, hey, may come back, may not. Most times it does, but may come back a different color, made texture, like my kids told me, like the back of it. I got a little weave in there, natural, whatever curl, but it was like top ramen noodles in the back. Oh.
0: But yeah, but yeah, just glad it's back. I'll tell you what, if you were showed up with Weave, that would have been awesome. If you would have came in with some Weave Mm -hmm. Uh clipped in there, that would have been amazing. You got a little bounce to the ounce. Hey, how are you, Chuck? How's life? How's everything? Chuck Strong, uh, 10th annual Smashing Success, I heard. Continue to raise money, Chuck. How's life? How's everything?
8: Yeah, it was awesome, Pat. We, uh, you know this, you know, we coached and played for the very best owner in all of sports, Jim Mercey. And for him to continue to support, you know, this cause and cancer research, the guy is just, and you know this, he's just off the charts. And everybody over at the Colts organization, that whole entire family, a couple of players came out, Jonathan Taylor showed up, Michael Pittman showed up, Naheem Hines, David Thornton got those guys to to come over, Chris Bauer and his wife Kristen. Uh, it was just it was phenomenal and we raised a little over two million dollars $12 million, yeah. 12 million total now and and uh most of that's i mean there's so much good out there and so many generous people and again you know research you know saved my life and so it's very very important to me and my
0: family and near and dear to so many people there in in uh, indianapolis yeah lucky to be a part of it in the past i wish i could have made it uh it's an amazing thing in I think those of us who have gotten a chance to know Jim and watch Jim, like we, I mean, that guy's just walking around in public, handing out hundreds to everybody. Beast. Like, no billionaire does what Jim Irsay does. Jim Mercy does what you would think you would do if you were a billionaire. Like, well, I would just give hundreds to everybody. <laughs> Jim actually does that. I would buy every piece of memorabilia that I think is cool. Jim actually does mm-hmm. that. Jim had bought, I have an NFL team. I do, like, it's just, he's the coolest dude of all time. I'm happy he's continued to support Chuck Strong. And also, I'm happy the New Age Colts seem to be coming in that's a good generational you know era kind of handoff there and hopefully we'll continue to make the world a better place let's talk about ownership in Chicago now you coached up there you love the Chicago Bears organization. You always talked about the history, what it was like walking through Hallis Hall, the whole thing. This Roquan Smith-Ryan uh situation, how do you handle that as a coach? If you're Eberflus, that's a business thing that's probably happening over Eberflus's head, but he has to deal with the player that is taking place. How do you handle that, and how do you see this whole thing ending, Chuck?
8: Yeah, Roquan's a, a great player, and you never want to see... Like they've got rid of so many guys, that roster's turned over, that building's turned over. Anytime you hire, you know, a new GM and a new head coach, that's expected. So there's a lot of change going on there. Yeah, that is an iconic uh, organization. A McCaskey family is is unbelievable. As a coach, you gotta you kind of stay out of those things. I mean, you can't be in that conversation other than say, "Hey, we got your back. We're supporting you. We want you here." You're you know, we've lost Mac, we've lost this guy, we've lost that guy. We need you here, Rokon. You are, you know, uh, monsters of, of the midway moving forward. And so you just see more and more of this on uh, day in and day out across good. all sports. Hey, there's none and of this, Like, Chuck. One, Chuck. like one guy op- opened up Pandora's box and now it's like, okay, uh, Kyler Murray, It doesn't matter. KD, you guys were talking about KD and all these guys. They've got contracts. They've got signed contracts and they all want to be. They want out.
0: Chuck, it's hard to win a game in the NFL. It seems like there isn't a lot of blinders out there, Chuck. You know what I mean? Like the Browns right now, Kareem Hunt wants out of there. They got the Deshaun Watson suspension looming. How do you win a fucking game whenever that is looming over top of your team? You think whenever the team's ever going to win right now, guess what they're focused on? fucking football all that drama can't carry into training camp right am i wrong in thinking this am i overreacting
8: no you're exactly right aj knows that if you're spending the first 5-10 minutes of every team meeting i walk in that room down those stairs you know good morning guys everybody say good morning and then you spend the first 5-10 minutes explaining all the distractions that are going on what's going on with deshaun why is kareem hunt over and over and over, ad nauseum, right? Then you're not focused on, okay, what are we trying to accomplish today? Getting better, you know, in all three phases. Here's what the day's going to look like. Here's today's situational football. So you're spending all that time, and it's impossible for those guys to keep the blinders on and the earmuffs on and stay focused on what they need to stay focused on. And and you just it just gets it, – it's tiring.
5: Yeah. It
8: just gets – it gets so tiring, and you – and you just trust your front office people, your GM, uh, you trust ownership uh, to get something worked out and get something done.
7: Chuck, how do, how do you stay out of it? You said you have to find a way to, to stay out of that. I, would, I think a lot of people that haven't been in the NFL think, oh, the head coach is just walking up to the GM or the owner and say, hey, get this guy on the field. I need him. I need him on my team. Like, and that's not the case. Like, how do you, I guess, find that balance when you know you have this stud player, you want to support him, but you also have to support your boss as well? no question
8: about it. You just got to let them do their job. And you want that player on the field, you know, yesterday, you need them out there, you need them getting reps and doing all that, uh, all that stuff. They got new system coming in there. So um, again, you just trust those guys to, to get the job done. And you have hopefully that, you know, there's a great relationship there, the communication is is outstanding they understand how important he is to your future to the success of that that organization and that team so they're they're working their tail off both sides are working their tail off but at the end of the day they're trying to get to a certain place a certain number and until they get to that spot where both parties you know are happy and they get a you know got a sign and you know then it's just it is what it is so hey we're not going to talk about it we need to focus on A, B, C, and D. And then when it's done, it's
0: done, I'll let you know. Hey, everybody talks about offensive new systems being tough to learn. Defensive new system, is that difficult for some players? Like Roquan's a guy. Any system, he's going to do well, but the turnover of systems on the defensive side of the ball, it's happening in Indianapolis, it's happening in Chicago, it's probably happening in other places that we haven't really tracked because nobody tracks the defensive side. How hard is that for defenses to pick up new schemes? Is it all the same shit with new terminology, or is there actual separators and differences between defensive coordinators, like vast differences?
8: Yeah, so for like, for like Roquan, He's been in Vic Fangio three-four system since he's been in the league, and now Ibra is coming in uh, with Allen Williams, and they're going to run. I'm guessing a four-three. Um, what they what Iberflus knows and and knows the best. So there's there's absolutely going to be from a terminology standpoint. Again, offensively, everybody runs the same five run plays and, and five to 10 pass concepts, they just call them different things and they get to them in, in different ways from a formation standpoint, motion shifts and all that. But it's mostly the terminology. And hey, over here, we called it this. It's the exact same, you know, formation, uh, route, blocking scheme, protection, all that, but we call it just something different. So there's always that, that period of time where you're just trying to, you know, compartmentalize things in your mind. Okay. This is what the, you know, I I know it as, and now we're calling it this. So you try to go in and say, you know, be player friendly, say, okay, we can adapt a little bit of your stuff, a little bit of our stuff and and try to meet somewhere in the middle. But ultimately it comes down to what they're most comfortable with and what they know. And, and that's a, that's a four, three. So there'll be a learning curve for all those guys and even Roquan.
0: I can't wait to see how it all plays out. And Whenever you think about training camp happening, Chuck, and I know you and... Hey, you and your lovely Bratine are having a great time, it appears. I mean, I've seen some pictures of you guys having a blast. You're living your life. The tan's good. You must be on the Peloton three, four times a day because you look like you're in incredible shape. You're traveling. You're seeing the family. Hey, there's generations of paisanos yeah. everywhere. I mean, you're having a time of your life. Training camp season, though, it kind of sets in for all of us, I think. And I was nowhere near around football as long as you were or AJ was. But even me, like once training camp, I get, I get antsy. You know what I mean? Like tonight. Hard Knocks, are you going to be watching? Is that something you enjoy? And do, are you getting antsy like everybody else with football season being so close, Chuck?
8: Absolutely. I mean, you just can't replace what we got out of a locker room and in, in training camp and, and the grind and the relationships. There's so much stuff that you and I don't miss from being in that building yes, and yes. those situations, but there's, yes, there's some, right. those relationships and – And A.J. knows it. You just can't get that that fix anywhere else. And so you try to live vicariously, you know, through all these camps and watching inside training camp on Good Morning Football and Sports Center. But hard knocks. I mean, I wouldn't miss this MCDC spectacular that's about to happen for any for anything. I mean, just watching yesterday. I don't know who the player was. He had a, a player, you know, call the team up. Jamal Williams. Yeah, and so it's what, four or five days in a camp, right? And it's just training camp, and, and he's already in tears. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's the, it's, I mean, he gave this speech, and like everybody's either, like, ready to, you know, okay, because, you know, I'm hot, I'm tired, I'm sweating, <laughs> you know, all this shit, you know. That was a hell of a speech, but maybe save that. You know, for halftime when we're you know, <laughs> Green Bay and we're down Chuck. a couple tutties, Chuck. you know that was one hell of a speech. A hell of a speech but <laughs> but No, I'm I'm super excited. I'm super excited to watch watch Hard Knocks and and, and watch MC DC go at it because they got a lot of former players like Chuck. you know you guys were talking Chuck. about the show. On Chuck, hold on. on,
0: Chuck. Watching that speech, dude. All right. It was an incredible speech, incredible moment. The way NFL films cut it, I saw the entirety of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was in there. All I could think about, though, was me. I assumed D Butt would be near me, Vinatari would be near me. I assume even your ass would kind of trickle out there. (laughs) All right, dude, all right, let's Like, as he was going, I'm like, damn, he's really holding the team hostage right now. But, he was getting so emotional. I think a lot of guys are like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Well, listen, we'll listen. We have to have respect here. We appreciate it. But as that speech went on, I thought the exact same thing you did. <laughs> I love that that's your take. Guys, four days into training, we, we got a lot more mountains we're going to have to climb. Like, we need this speech later. But that's what we kind of learn about a team. I feel like we can actually learn a lot about the Lions through hard knocks. Do you not agree?
8: Absolutely. Like, during that little snippet, we found out, You know, the guys that are like interested and the guys that are committed because the guys up close in there, you know, they started well up a little bit. You could see the, you know, tears starting to come. And then the guys like yourself that are like (laughs) kind of interested, you know, a lot of guys just kind of interested and more committed to like getting to the showers and get my ass off this practice field. All right. No, we're going to we're going to learn a ton. Yeah. You know, about uh, the 2022 version of, of these uh, Detroit Lions, Evan Foxy's Detroit Lions. <laughs> Here we go, Chuck.
0: Listen, hey, Foxy's been on these Lions a long time. They've never won a playoff game since he has been nope. alive. So maybe this year is the year. What do you think about MCDC's coaching style? You've been a coach a long time. I assume you've encountered a lot of guys like MCDC, a lot of former players. You were talking about Deuce and Aaron Glenn and Antoine Randall and Brunel is there. Obviously players aren't always the best coaches, but it feels like they're all invested in this thing. How do you feel about what he's built up there from outside looking in? And obviously that could change after tonight.
8: No, absolutely. I mean, he's obviously a a relationship guy. He builds unbelievable relationships with his staff and his players. He gets that from having played. And I think that's why he surrounded himself with so many former players because they know how to communicate uh, with, uh, with these players and how to build a relationship. And at the same time, once you have that relationship, the, the tough conversations are, are a lot easier to have hmm. the one-on-ones behind closed doors. And, and, you know, I would have loved to play, you know, for a guy like, like coach Campbell, you know, he just seems like a, a player's coach and, and all those kind of things. And Aaron Glenn running the defense, the guys that you mentioned, uh, they're in tune and they'll have a great uh, pulse of that uh, of that team and that squad, you know. But ultimately, Pat, you got you know what it comes down to is a bottom line business. Yeah. And at some point, point you know, all the all the speeches. I mean, wow. I mean, you run out of. Th- it's about winning and losing, and if you don't win enough games, I don't care how many times you cry and how many <laughs>
5: you give oh, and all yeah. that stuff. <laughs>
8: God. No, it's it's just the truth. I mean, I'm just keeping it. I'm keeping it 100. So I'm true. It real. I, I mean, I tried that for a couple. Of, you know, those last couple of years, and it worked only to a certain point. And then, you know, you go four and 12, and you're out. You're out. <laughs> it's a, over.
7: A, Chuck, uh, have you and Tina ever tried uh, ayahuasca?
8: <laughs> Who'd you say, AJ? You and Tina. You
7: and, your, you and your wife. You ever go to Peru and try ayahuasca or somewhere else?
8: No, but my middle daughter Taylor's a naturopath doctor, and she's dying to go. So she's heavy into, you know, all the natural, you know, healing medicines and things like that. Super, super smart. And she wants to go. I was on a bike trip, remember, a year ago down in Tucson and visited with a guy that was on the trip that had been and been on that deal. And his tales of of that journey, that enlightenment and some of the out-of-body experiences that he had. I'm like scared shitless right now to try that. You know?
7: Yeah, you don't know where it's
8: I'm pretty happy.
0: That's what, that's my thing. Like, I'm and, really... I,
8: and I got a lot of love in me already. I don't know if I, the cup, any more than this cup runneth over. I mean, it's, it's really, it's interesting. And it says it can, you know, bring out all these demons and all these things that yeah. maybe you experienced as a kid, you know, that you're, you know, not wanting to talk about right now things that happened in your childhood and and like i'm good right now i'm, a good star, <laughs> you know? I'm like you know yeah they're hey games they're stored bad. away for a reason made a, i almost hit a hole in one i sent you that shot a hole in one at holiday farms this far that was very close how far was that 140 what was it uh eight iron eight iron exactly you're you know my game yeah yeah so i was out there with with ac and Chad Pulley hosted us, Jim Ratliff, a couple of AC's buddies. It was, that thing is really, have you been out to Holiday Farms yet? Is it in Indiana? Excuse me? Is it in Indiana?
0: Yeah, right there in Zionsville. You know, no. the guy that, um... Never no. fucking been. Dude, Chuck, we yeah. had to go golf. The Miz wanted to go golf before the American Century Championship. <laughs> we had a SmackDown in Ohio. They had to get to Wisconsin. So they were driving through Indianapolis, and it was before the American Century Championship. They were like, hey, you want to go golf tomorrow or whatever? I'm like, absolutely. We have no connections at any golf course anywhere. I fucking don't talk to anybody. I don't even know okay. this place existed.
8: Okay, so I'm going to get you hooked up with, with some dudes. Cause we played. I'm gonna fuck uh, it up, played, Chuck. I won't text. We you. played Crooked. I can't believe that. First of all, but we played Crooked Stick on Friday. We played Holiday Farms on Saturday, so BA and I played uh, Friday with AC, and then Gary Aleto uh, is the member out at Crooked Stick. We ran into uh, AJ Foyt, the the cool. third or fourth. And, and I love AJ. He's such a good dude. But we had a we had a great round out there. You know, playing a place, you got a caddy. And he tells you, Okay, this is the pace, a little bit downhill, right at this spot, and like all the putts go in. It's like, Why would you ever play golf again? <laughs> that just
0: Ah, uh, Chuck, you know, you're the best. Bruce and I lim-
8: hobbled up and limped up, so they actually gave us cards, you know, so we didn't have to walk that back. Smart,
0: that smart. Genius. You played the game a little bit. It was a walking course. You guys played, oh, old oh, I, I beat leukemia, and BA's like, I just beat life. Yeah. Achilles. <laughs> I've been living while well, my Achilles is blowing. They're like, all right, you two old lazy fucks <laughs> can get a cart. That's awesome. You he played?
8: Got was hooked up at Pebble. Last last spring as well. He limped up there. He had it's well documented about that Achilles. <laughs> Next thing you know, we got both red flags on our carts and we're we're all over <laughs> you had to, Hey you had to walk the
0: American Century deal, right? For Twenty-eight miles, dude, four days straight. Never again. This asshole. Uh, we got we're gonna do a hard out here on Sirius XM. Chris Mad Dog Group. we'll have a much more riveting conversation about the sports world. And we'll be back in about 21 hours. We can't thank you enough for watching us on this hardworking Tuesday, oh, August yeah. 9th, 2022. See you tomorrow. The show will be better than Hard Knocks Tonight. All right, fucking nailed it, Chuck. I mean, just nailed it. Chris Maddog Russo is going to be pissed about that sign-off. But, I mean, yeah, 28 miles, dude. And it was, what was it, day one, hole six, where I looked at AJ. I was like, how come I wasn't told that this is a beating on your body? Like, my feet, Chuck, my feet, I, I had blisters. They were broken. It was, I can't do it. I don't think I'll ever do it again. Have you ever walked a course?
8: Uh, not recently.
5: It's <laughs> not none,
8: none that I can remember. Like, not like that. No way. I have. I mean, caves, caves, uh, caves Valley out in in Maryland. When I was at at the Ravens, Steve Bashotti was a member there, the owner, and he brought the whole staff out. Coach Harbaugh had us all out, and I believe we had to walk that one. Oh. and that that was kind of hilly. Uh, I imagine like the Americans, said, and we had guys falling out all over the place. <laughs> Coach Madison, our D-line, defensive coordinator, I mean. He wore long pants out. And he had he had sweat starting at his ankles all the way up his ass crack. I mean, I couldn't have finished the round. You know? Yeah, it was but tough.
0: It's tough, dude. And I have how many
8: steps? You had a watch on, right? How
0: many steps? Like you said, 28 miles? Yeah, my phone told me 28 miles. So I'm not sure if that's accurate or not. It was on me the well, entire time.
8: 5,280 5, feet per mile.
0: And you're going to run every single one of them until you learn how to not drop the ball, Petey. You're fucking killing me, Petey. <laughs> I mean, one of the great—that's how we all know it from "Remember the Titans." How many feet are in a mile? That you just quoted Denzel Washington in "Remember the Titans," right there. Absolutely, yep. I love it. Um, great one. Hole in one would have been a big deal. You ever get it? Now let's—I um, was close to getting a hole in one twice there, three oh, times, yeah. almost at every the every Central single championship. Yeah, every single. You don't one. have one. Hole. Hole. I don't have one. No, I don't. You?
8: I got one on my local course here in Boise. It was July fourth of two thousand. 14 or 15, it would have been there, uh, the year uh, Arizona had the Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl 49. It's our par, par four. It's 204-yard par three. Or sc- excuse me, the fourth hole, 204 yards. I was playing with Tina and my brother-in-law, Terry. And, of course, Tina's so cynical. I hit the ball, and Terry's like, that's a good shot, Chuck. I mean, that's got a chance. It's kind of going right at it. And she used some choice words, oh, F no, that's in the back bunkers. There's no way, that's not even close, you know. So we walk, drive up to the hole. where do I go looking for my ball? Sand. Back bunkers, yeah, yeah, right yeah, in the yeah. sand. I'm pretty much sure she'd been right 99.9% of the time with everything I've ever done, so whatever. So yeah, but it was kind of cool.
0: What was it, a driver? That's fucked up. Three hybrid. That's yeah. rude of me. Um I know the boys Who said that, a
8: three hybrid. Who said that?
0: Ty, was yeah. that what it was? Yeah. Job Ty. How's, your, Ty. how's your game? You're pretty good, huh? You're a player.
8: It's it's like a different guy shows up almost every shot, every day. Just <laughs> if I could find some consistency. That's
0: golf. That's golf. I have little to no respect for the uh, physical athleticism of golfers, you know, before American Century Championship. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, the fat doofus, you can swing the club well. Them having to walk those courses and continue to perform, while golf is definitely two different sports too, from the driver in the clubs to the putting I mean, that's a completely different sport. And When you're dead tired at the end of the round, that's when it matters the fucking most, and it gets hard. It's like my respect for golfers after that American Century Championship, like through the roof. Yeah. I, I will never, ever think anything negative about golfers going forward. I can see how they could do everything that they do on that course, and I can't do anything that they can do out there. It was a humbling experience, Chuck. Very humbling.
8: They're, they're saying the same thing about, you know, Players in the National Football League, Major League—I mean, they train. That's their training. That's all. That's all they do. So their body adapts to all that walking and all that swinging and everything like that. You know. So, can you like? And you have such a great appreciation for like the run Tony Finau is on right now. Yes, especially dropping it's, his life's phone mm-hmm. in
5: the He's. Burning. Remember
8: when he hit that hole in one at the on the par three day at the Masters a couple years mm-hmm. back? Yes. he was, broke his ankle, broke was his ankle.
7: Yeah. <laughs> dislocated yeah.
8: back pedal and his foot just went sideways yeah. and like kind of almost came off his ankle and then he just sat down and just threw it back into place wrapped it up and played four rounds I well,
6: mean,
0: those Jordan golf shoes mm-hmm. look very 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 cool Sweet, mm-hmm. they look very very awesome I think they're clean I'm very thankful they were sent to me very nice of the people that did that I'm not sure you're supposed to walk in those No, yeah. I think that is a cart golf shoe. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a walk. I don't think it's a shoe. So I've learned some things. And Chuck, you need to get in there, um, especially if you continue to kill it. The boys have some questions. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Go ahead, Ty. Coach, if you're a guy like Matt Eberflus, how do you stay the course and kind of compartmentalize everything when you know you – I mean, in the NFL anymore, you basically have to win right away. It's not like they're going to give him you know, three to four years to kind of turn this thing around. Like – and obviously, he's not going to outwardly think it, but like, how do you stay the course when it kind of seems like you're not being given any chance to win, and you're probably going to be fired within a few years?
8: It's pretty much just like you know when I came to, to Indy. You know they're ranked. I was listening this morning. They're ranked 32 out of 32 teams. I mean, got a shit roster. Got no players. You know, new staff, uh, new philosophies, new schemes, both sides of the ball. All those kind of things. Justin Fields going into his second year. Well, his first year was a complete debacle. debacle. And There's so, no, Pat, that's not how that's <laughs> Chuck, that's not how
0: that word's pronounced. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it, is.
8: You know, it is now. <laughs> you remember when we walked in that first team meeting and it was the whole thing was blown up, just like Chicago's blown up. All the players are gone. You know, you get that right. job and a day later, free agency starts and Jim and Ryan call you in there and say, hey, we got to start calling some guys. We're going to have to move on from some guys. And then you start listing all those guys. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we're cutting all-
0: Peyton. We're cutting Jeff Saturday. We're cutting Gary Brackett. We're cutting Dean. We're cutting Charlie Johnson. We're cutting Joseph Adai. Hey, I'm getting texts from Dallas. Dallas Clark. Mm-hmm. I'm getting texts right? from these guys. Hey, do not answer your phone. They are. It's a debacle out here.
8: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, And then you got to walk into that team meeting and and sell those guys on. I I don't want to hear one person say, you know, the R word, rebuild. That is not the case. I mean, you guys wouldn't be sitting in this room if you didn't have the talent. It's your opportunity now, and you got to take advantage of that opportunity. And that'll tell you, blinders and everything, you got to, you know, just keep keep moving forward and control what you can control. Keep chopping wood, all the (laughs) clichés we use. And – Cause you can't get caught up in all that. You only got, you got what you got, you know, and you got to go out and it's your job as the coach is to, to motivate and inspire those guys and, and teach and, and get everybody to buy in and get them on the same page. And, and cause nobody wants to hear any of that shit. I know? like the way you describe distra- Cause you get a, the honeymoon's already over.
0: Yes. As soon as you know, the game starts. You don't get any
8: honeymoons anymore. There isn't no long two week vacations in Costa Rica or Hawaii or wherever. You know that that stuff is over, and and they know that. But you can't fall prey to uh, the outside noise, the pundits, all of us talking on here about how bad you are. You got to stay focused on what you believe in, and and what you know works, and and just stick to that, and and forget all the other stuff because it don't matter.
0: Last week and this week, you talked about how you're selling. Like that's how you. I, I appreciated you actually saying it. It's the first time I think I've ever heard a coach say. Like the truth about walking into that meeting room, when every player in there knows the situation. Players know, uh, and there's an idea, like a game. Somebody's hurt. Something's happening. Uh, we we're about to get blown out. Maybe that's the thought everywhere else. And a coach, you did a great job. of every time coming in and shaping, it felt like you were sell- You be- it felt like you believed every single week what was going to happen, and how it was going to go. And in those moments where a team can potentially fold or crack, that selling is saving an entire season, potentially. Is that how you view it? Like, hey, I I believe this. we got to get these guys to believe this somehow. And is that your message to all your assistant coaches, too? Like, we don't need to hear anything but selling them on this ship, because there's already a lot of doubt if we start even thinking about this process.
8: No chinks in the armor. You know, and it all starts with the with the head coach, and then all the Paul Revere's are the assistant coaches and your leaders in that locker room. No, no. And they got to be singing the same damn message. And because AJ, I'll tell you, you know, uh, one assistant coach, you know, walks into the room and you he gets on the board and his body language about maybe the runs we've got in running back coach or the wide receiver coach, here's the routes. And he sits there and and he's like, hey, you know, I know we discussed this the other day and, we want to kind of do this, that, and the other, but coach, you know, you know, we've decided to run it this way and that's just, that's how it's going to be. You know, we'll just, we'll just go with this way, you know, and those players are going to see that and they're going to read right through that and go, oh, this, this shit ain't going to work. Yes. We got no chance, you know, so from, from the top down, you've got to sell, like you said, you've got to sell hope, you know, and, and belief. We don't have any quarterbacks left. You know, in 2015, we got none. That was awesome. We signed those two dudes, and we only (laughs) had one way to go. And it's the way that we did it. And because you guys believed, and because of the culture and the the assistant coaches and the job they did getting those guys ready, we went out and shocked the world and won a freaking football game with – the Coney Island
0: Thrasher and Ryan Lindley, who was driving Uber, you <laughs> we weren't supposed to. Be Four in days ready. before this game. Supposed to win the game, is that some
7: of your best coaching you've done, Chuck? It
0: has to be. That's selling. That's some of the best fucking selling you've ever done in your entire life. I think, like AJ,
8: to your point, your question. We had a couple eight and eight seasons where, in two fifteen, when luck went down after that Denver game, and then Matt Hasselback comes in, forty years old. And thank God we had Matt. I mean, I love Matt, and forever grateful for for that dude. He is a real, real dude. Eagle,
0: right? And
8: he comes in and goes, you know, five and three. Charlie Whitehurst, we bring in the building. We got all these pictures. Remember, <laughs> we got all these pictures. AJ of Charlie Whitehurst just getting murdered when he was at Tennessee <laughs> by all over by, the by building. And I'm walking him down the halls and. I start to talk to him and turn him just so he can't see himself just getting murdered by all these great <laughs> Colt players. And I'm trying to find is there another way where there's not a Charlie Weiss, you know, photo of him just getting sacked and murdered, you know, get to, the, get to the team room. But you know, those were those were the greatest, the greatest. You know, you're most proud of. I mean, to win, you know, 11, go eleven and five the first three years, and it's because of it's because of players. And those guys over at, like the Nets, you guys were talking about Brooklyn Nets. I mean, we can ship KD off and play hardball, but it's who said it's Switzer? It's not about the X's and and O's. It's about the Jimmys and Joes. You gotta have guys, you know. So, um, I don't know why I brought that up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Whitehurst, dude, Charlie Whitehurst, he won some games for us, and then he blows his hamstring in Miami in the fourth quarter. You remember? He was.
8: pat the wheels came out off of matt right in in like the third or fourth quarter at miami yes that shoulder finally went out and charlie's got to go in and he's only been in two series and he's trying to remember he's trying to get out of harm's way and he's scrambling to his left side and he just throws the ball up for grabs and falls in one of our guy's arms and he completes the thing and then he comes he's grabbing his hand we get sending charlie what's wrong well I, I think I, I think my hamstring is kinda of I, I think it's torn. I am like, Charlie, is it torn or is it just sore? What what is it? What do you want me to do, Charlie? And he's like, I I think I can go a couple more snaps, Coach. Let me give her let me give her a try. So he tried, I didn't give him a choice. We have no other buddies. Stephen Morris is the only other dude and Pat hey, yes. that are left on the sideline. Stephen wasn't dressed.
0: Up. I don't even think Stephen was dressed, right? I don't think he was dressed. Uh, like, I think there was actual yeah, conversation. I you're right.
8: I don't think, I don't think he – he might have been because all those other guys were, were,
0: you know, dead in the water and out. But There was actual conversation about me potentially kneeling at the end of this fucking game. Like, this actually happened. This is a real so thing. We got, we got a couple – You know minutes left on the clock and
8: we're trying to take the air out of the game we don't want to give it back to him and give him one last shot at this deal and so it's third down and here comes Charlie running for his life again and he's running towards our sideline and the worst thing he could do was like drop the ball or throw the ball and stop the clock. And the ham, you can see the you can see the hamstring in the leg. He's just trying to peg leg it. He just dives right near the sideline. Ball comes out of his hand, goes out of bounds, stops the clock. And he's just laying there, you know. <laughs> and I said, "Charlie, are you okay?" And he goes, "It, it is now torn because you know, <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I'm done." And I'm thinking to myself, and Clyde standing right next to me, and everybody else standing next to me, and in that locker, remember we we end up we end up going, we kick to them, they go down the field, they got four downs from the five yard line.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember. Remember this.
8: they got four downs, they got first and goal from the four or five yard line, and we get out of the first three downs. It's fourth fourth and goal from the five and they botched the snap count over there and some guy moves or the center snaps and nobody else moves and TY McGill runs everybody over and sacks the quarterback and we win the
0: game it was awesome it was uh, the locker room the locker room scene was classic whitehurst is a legend by the way clipboard jesus is how a lot of people uh-huh. know him him in the locker room on plane rides and at social gatherings He's a fucking icon. Linda. <laughs> that guy was hysterical. Massive
8: respect for Charlie and him coming in there and, and, you know, doing what he did for us.
0: We were down, what, six quarterbacks at that point. It was like, Jesus. I mean, it felt like it, it was literally a new quarterback was just getting hurt somehow in devastating fashion every single game. It was like, all right, here we go. And then the trashers and the yeah. the, the Tony Island.
8: Coney Island thrashers
0: and the Uber driver coming in for the last week. It was like, of course, this is what the season is. All right, last question here, Chuck. We can't thank you enough. Tone, go ahead, pal.
4: Chuck, uh, how do you determine or how are these coaches determining who's getting playing time in these preseason games, especially now that it's three games instead of four?
8: Yeah, great question. So when it was four, Tone, what we would do is generally play the starters, and maybe there were some that we held out a series or two, 10, 12 plays, and then kind of see how those series uh, went in the the first game. And then everybody else finished that first one. And then we'd play about a quarter and a half uh, in the second preseason game. And then we always treated the third preseason game kind of as the uh, dry run for the regular season schedule. A a normal Wednesday, a normal Thursday, normal Friday. Play those uh, frontline players, those starters first uh, first and second quarter, go in and have like a regular season halftime adjustment deal, and then have those guys come out and open the third quarter. So my feeling would be with – and then nobody played in the fourth preseason game. And it was like, you know, uh, they made yeah. a cut down, yeah. some a cut people down did. the roster. Yeah, some people cut did. the roster <laughs> <laughs> down from, from 90 to, I think, 75, 25 players, which made absolutely no sense because you weren't going to play any of the starters. And so there's a handful of guys that – Got to play every snap of <laughs> offense and defense and special teams. Yeah, and block for punts, yeah. <laughs> what a shit show that was, yeah. especially for the special teams coaches. Yeah. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. Oh, yeah. yeah, you remember those days. Oh, uh, AJ, yeah. So, yeah. Now, so now with only three pre, uh, preseason games, I'm sure they'll follow kind of the same model. Chuck, uh, you
7: remember uh, Jeff Fisher? We used to play the Titans the fourth preseason game uh, for a couple years at least. He would have a thing where they would, he would play his starters in the fourth preseason game. He would treat it like the third, and they would play at least the first half. I think. I think a couple coaches may have tried that. I don't know what his maybe feel like they get primed before the season starts. I guess.
8: Yeah, I don't. Um, you hate to lose anybody in that. Land. You get to a certain point, you get through training camp, and then you get through three preseason games, and, and your team is relatively healthy. You haven't lost anybody to a season-ending injury. I. We just didn't want, I didn't feel like we needed to roll the dice and and risk putting somebody out there that that we already evaluated. We already knew, and and we still had some guys on the back end of that roster that that needed one more game to, you know, separate, you know, are we going this way or are we going that way with with a a certain position uh, and a couple players, uh, whatnot. And then you don't know if the team you're playing, if they did the same thing or you were going to put your guys out there, and then you got a bunch of, a Y O S that are trying to make the team, going absolutely crazy and trying to take knees out and do whatever. So, yeah, everybody, everybody's. It's not to say that one way is better than uh, than the other. It's just everybody's got a different way of thinking, I guess.
0: What'd you say? A Y O. All, All you others. others. What?
8: All you others. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
7: you never heard that, Pat. Oh, no! That's a classic football too. I have
0: not, but I've been on the field with all the a- AYOs in that, fourth, <laughs> in that fourth playoff game, or the first fourth preseason game. Yeah. Punter position is the worst position to be in those fourth preseason games. If you're not going to get cut anywhere near on the chopping block, and they don't have enough space, whatever the condition is for backup punter, backup kicker, or whatever, those fourth preseason games, Chuck, I'm catching that ball and getting that thing out as quick as possible. There's an insurance salesman, a McDonald's man, a Subway guy (laughs) blocking for me. And it's easier to block a punt than block for a punt. I was scared to death going into those fourth preseason games against the fucking Cincinnati Bengals. I made my Hard Knocks debut uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Backed up, punting. Somebody made the team. It actually said on Hard Knocks. Made the team from blocking my punt. Forced me into a full fucking front flip on the block. Jeez. Bang, I didn't block anybody. Obviously, I had no idea what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> Not NFL guy, I never played a team before. And ever since that moment, I was scared to death in those games. Like, can we please just get to the regular season? Feels like nowadays... There's a lot less um, respect put on the reps in preseason games than it was maybe even just a couple years ago, Chuck. It really does feel that way. Justin Herbert has never played it down in preseason football, and he will not this year either. Nope. That's that's very different, isn't it? I think it's it's a whole new culture almost.
8: No, I mean, during practice during training camp, you're going to get especially as much um, of these joint practices that are now taking place across the league. Those are controlled environments. And so you can keep, you can get your quarterback. We're talking about Herbert. You can get your quarterback plenty of work uh, with, you know, the first, second down, the mixed downs, third down, two minute, all that kind of stuff against your own guys. And then if you go uh, joint practice versus another team, uh, hopefully a different uh, defensive scheme. So you see a different uh, defensive scheme. But you can pretty much uh, be assured that you can get those guys out of there healthy, you know, and so they're not going to risk, you know, in a preseason game. Losing the most important guy, the most important position, um, you know, on the team, and and then there's others. I mean, that are gonna like Trey Lance got to play. Oh yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't played football in a hundred years. It sounds like listening to everybody. You know, so he he's got he's got to play. He's got to get some burn. And you know, Deshaun Watson with everything that he's going on, he hasn't played in uh, a long, long time. And you just again, as a play caller too, you can put those guys out there and you can control. A lot of it by handing the damn thing off, um, quick oh, game, bubble screens, and, yeah. and take care of those guys and not put them in harm's way. And then certainly, you know, when you start changing out your front, your, you know, your top five guys, your starting O-line, and you start to put in some of those AYOs, <laughs> come on, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, to you gotta get that guy out of there. It's hey, like you on the punt team. Oh, they're sitting there with all those, uh, you know, all those guys and there's you know PP's a rookie he has no idea and he's yelling out hey right. hey they got a you got an eight box and you got hey eight man solid eight man solid rip rip you know and you're just like hey snap this thing over get this ball to me and get, and, and midge is telling you Hey, small rectangle, Pat. Let's put this thing over in this small
0: rectangle, not down the middle
8: of the field. Yeah. you like,
0: okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Hey, hey, Tom. Hey, why don't you shut the fuck up? All right, <laughs> I'm just trying to get this thing out past the line. Hey, you keep towards the sideline, you know, it's not to open anything up yet. Hey, Tom, this thing gets off my foot. We're going to be pretty happy. <laughs> All right, let's save the good ones for the game or regular season. Uh, Chuck, we appreciate the hell out of you, man. Can't wait to see your reaction to Hard Knocks tonight and MCDC as a whole. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Keep enjoying life. Appreciate you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, the people's coach, Chuck McCall. Yeah, Chuck! All right, let's get the hell out of here, huh? Oh, uh, we didn't answer a single phone call. Been marketing uh for three years or three hours.
7: Chuck's the man. He seems like such a, he seems so happy. He's living, dude. Mm-hmm. He's Crushed. living. For and, the first time, really? Isn't yeah. it? Like he, first
0: time he hasn't coached in forty years, right? Yeah. Well, the last couple of years, I guess, have been that. But yeah, he's in yeah. that honeymoon phase of living his life for the first time and You know, Tina is awesome. His wife is... The story of their love is one that should be told. I'm not going to be the one to tell the story, but it's pretty epic how it all went down. Mm -hmm. Very Chuck Pagano-esque, the (laughs) way it all... I mean, it is. It is awesome, and she's a rock star, and so is Chuck. I'm very thankful for him. Let's go to a couple phone calls here on the 5RNG film line. Go to 5RNG.com. Use promo code McAfee to receive 10% off your order. Let's go to Ryan in New York. What's going on, Ryan?
3: Hey, what's going on, Pat? How's everybody doing? Keep it moving. Perfect. My question is, uh, for Boston Connor. I wanted to know why he's a mark and a fraud at a Boston <laughs> yeah. fan because no real Boston <laughs> fan is going to trade a young and coming star, Jalen Brown, for Kevin Durant who seems to can't play well with others and has same mental toughness as Ben Simmons.
5: Oh, you fucking you mark! Yeah. I mean, that big
2: gets big a question. mark for not wanting to trade for Kevin Durant and no. not play well with others. I mean, the guy won two, you know, championships with what three other superstars on the team. So I'm not that worried about it. Feed me Kevin Durant, bitch. You think Boston will lose him? I that.
0: Uh, I don't know if Connor echoes the sentiment of everybody in Boston. No, Madison. He gets attacked not. for this a lot. That guy mm-hmm. is echoing the sentiment of a lot of the things I see on the internet being said about Connor. Keep the same energy about Jalen Brown. You fraud. Yeah. You yeah. stooge. Fucking Jalen
2: Brown. Think Jalen Brown's awesome, but I mean, if you can get to Kevin Durant,
0: you go get Kevin Durant. It's kind of what Chuck was saying, and Chuck is obviously not a basketball guy. He's like. Uh, I don't know how many Kevin Durant are just grown on trees. Yeah. I mean, maybe another Steve Nash as a coach. Uh, maybe another. What's show. wrong with Steve Nash? What did he do wrong? We don't know. We have no idea. Well, this just came up out of nowhere, by the way, mm. didn't it? I mean, for all. What of does Shams us. think? Shams said that it had been boiling, in June thirtieth is that whenever he yeah. said he wanted to be traded. They started looking into it, and it's just kind of all. I don't know. I have yeah, no idea. It's the first Who time he's he been a head
2: coach for Steve Nash. And obviously, like, when they formed the team, the expectation was like, oh, <laughs> they're going to win a few championships.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'd assume Steve Nash and Marks are like, uh, Kyrie couldn't play. Yeah.
2: Right mm-hmm.
0: What yeah. do you want? I mean, what do you want from us? Ben Simmons, I mean, the guy didn't play.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's crazy what Chom said, too. Like, if Kevin Durant doesn't get hurt on that little, for those few weeks where James Harden requested a trade, like, what happens? Maybe he stays.
0: Let's go to Bobby in Jersey on a 5 Energy phone line. Bobby, what do you have, bub?
1: Hey, Pat, looking athletic as ever. Thank How you. we doing?
0: Keep it moving, Bob. Uh,
1: just just to piggyback off that other uh, Tri-State caller, uh, I just want to ask that clown, Connor. <laughs> hey, when are you going to change your name to Mark? <laughs> <laughs> All
5: right. I mean,
1: uh, uh, can we get some
0: original calls here? Jeez Louise. I saw that one sitting right. Here. <laughs> it was sitting right here in his Bobby jersey. When's Connor changing name to Mark? And I couldn't <laughs> wait to get it on. I'm so sorry you've been dealing with this, but no, no, no. Don't be a fucking marker, say. Hey, I'll continue to be a Mark forever. I don't care. Let's go. Uh, last call here. Let's go. You want one, two, three, or four?
2: Four. Three.
0: All right. Perfect. Two. A- two? AJ. Three and four has been selected. Ty, you want to say one? One, let's go one. <laughs> I'm happy we can all get on the same page. Let's go two for AJ. Here we yeah, go. True. Let's go to Mike in Plum, Pennsylvania. Mike, what's going on? Hey, how we doing, boys? Hey, it's got some plum. Mikey,
1: Mikey dogs. dogs. Mikey dogs.
0: Is no. this no. Mikey Dix? No, he got
4: a
1: plum on <laughs> Hey boys, I wanted to. (laughs) Hey Pat, I wanted to thank you uh, for the donation to Plum High School and to Nesbitt Wings. I have two daughters that will be attending there, so I just want to thank you very much for that. First off and foremost, and secondly, let's go learn.
0: All right, let's
4: go learn.
0: Uh, let's do another phone call. I appreciate that. I'm lucky to do it. Go ahead. We're all Mustangs here, dude. We're all Mustangs. Here. Yeah, we're all we Mustangs. are. No, you're not.
4: not. You're not, dude. Uh, <laughs> you're not. I am. I am <laughs> Mustangs. Listen, if
0: we were say we're all Marks here, then you come hopping. Yeah. In. We're all Mustangs, uh, though. <laughs> no. Yeah. We're Mustangs. We, yes, are Mustangs. You know, for a long time, <laughs> not a lot of people wanted to be Plum Mustangs. So, this is good news that a lot of people I'm, want to be Plum Mustangs. We're mm-hmm. lucky to be Plum Mustangs. Oh, you're goddamn we right. don't have any Marks in Plum.
2: Mode. Well, you got one. It's me, because I bleed purple and gold, baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're not able to claim three high schools dude nope, right. I, I do I went to high school for five years I got three of them I <laughs> I graduated from three schools <laughs> last phone call here let's go to oh, alright this is gonna suck this guy's name is the Bill's Lawyer from a land unknown once again right. m- some shows do have rehearsed and scripted callers mm-hmm. I'd like to let it be known I have no idea who this is what this is excited to hear the Bill's Lawyer from a land unknown here on the 5 Energy phone line. Bill's Lawyer, how you doing? Doing all right, Pat. Hello, Brew. Hello,
5: Hello Bill's lawyer. lawyer from the land unknown. All right. right. First If David Mills is still listening, don't think you're going to be doing the Dougie if you're fortunate enough to meet up with the Buffalo Bills this year.
8: If you think you're confused last season, well, bring it on. Because what? we'll always take another game of you cheaply.
0: Can't oh. oh, you were so close. Oh. On, guys. He's, he's Give him a shot, Bill's Lawyers. You're damn right. This You're damn right, Hogan. Bill's Lawyer. Um, Pat, any- I've come to bear some bad news for the whole league. Brother. Okay. The Buffalo Bills have
4: an arsenal of weapons, and the only question is which team is willing to throw themselves under the raging stampede of Starling Bison Bee making their way towards Glendale, Arizona for Super Bowl 57.
5: Hell
0: yeah!
2: Best call yet. I mean, right. do I have to say that that guy sucks? What are we talking
0: about? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. It's because you're a patron. If they, they want to yeah. fire
2: at me, I'll fire right back. He didn't fire you. <laughs> he's the Bill's owner from a land unknown. No, he's Bill's lawyer. Whatever.
0: He's our lead counsel.
1: Okay, even more so. <laughs> that had a little bit of like an old school Romy call in vibe, so I actually kind of appreciated I that. I enjoyed it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't. You need not talk about the okay. Bill's
0: lawyer
2: He's from a land unknown, dude. Yeah. Buffalo? <laughs> I vacation there. It is known. <laughs>
0: Might not be from there. Just a big fan. Likes wings.
2: He almost had it. All right. But he flubbed and he was reading it. You well, know? next time
0: he needs to call in flow. is the Bill's accountant or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah it'll be a different different character. Buffalo Bill. Or like sound sauce. <laughs> <It can't be laughs> Buffalo Bill. What? Can't have Buffalo Why? Bill come through. All right. Uh, we have some updates around the NFL. Bob Walton, Rob Walton, has officially been voted in as owner uh of the Denver Broncos. It happened at a owner's meeting in which the reporters outside said, anytime you hear an applause at one of these situations, it's like smoke coming out of the chimney when they're looking for a new pope. Mm -hmm. He has officially been voted in. His first press conference after officially becoming owner of the Denver Broncos, in which he is the wealthiest owner in all of NFL, his net worth is between 60 and 70 billion. The second wealthiest owner in the NFL is Tepper at 17 billion. So quite a uh, vast difference in who's the wealthiest (laughs) owner in the NFL all of a sudden. Uh, Stan Kroenke who's in the Walton family but not a direct descendant of Walton he's rich You think he's the second or third richest owner and then Rob Walton comes in and says I'm actually from the Walmart uh, team $60 billion I'm richer than everybody everybody can eat shit let's ride Yeah. Uh, Yeah, let's ride with Russell Wilson his first move is a press conference and uh He called Roger Goodell the wrong name, so this is how he leads off, but when you're worth 60 to 70 billion, you're a brand new owner, and you're uh, the wealthiest guy in town. Roger uh, Goodell, All right. so just yeah, like the House Oversight really. Committee called him Roger Goodall.
4: Come on, shine my shoes, Rod.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you work for me, never forget. It. I'm most the richest right. guy, yeah. so let's never forget. He obviously—that's just a misspeak. Obviously, mm-hmm. just like the House Oversight Committee said, uh, Mister Goodall, do you believe that this is a proper usage of taxpayer money? <laughs> you talking <laughs> I don't think I'm the one that's answering it. Roger Goodell has taken his fair share of shots. Rob Walton called him the wrong name on day one of being an owner of the Broncos. Obviously up there. But congrats to the Broncos getting us locked in and having the wealthiest owner. Cash ever cap's a real thing, AJ. This is good news to have a wealthy owner in Denver.
7: This is big news for every player, every team, I feel like, in the league. But it, this is like the highest. Isn't this the most anyone's paid for a professional franchise? Yes, and it's mm-hmm. only going to go up. This team Any was, sport, right? Yes. Yeah. Jeez. Okay, yeah. And now every... Whenever an NFL team does come up for sale, which they don't that often, I know what the Chargers may be
0: in limbo, it's going to be the next biggest one, right? The Chargers spent a lot of money, though. Yeah. So, like, all the reports of a potential inner family struggle and lawsuit seem to have kind of been swept aside, and they're spending money, which goes against everything that that lawsuit was alleging. So we don't know if the Chargers are actually for sale, but if a team from one of these major markets – not that Denver isn't. Denver's a great. One of these major market teams goes up for sale with all the money that these motherfuckers have that are at the top of the, hey, we are rich – Club, who knows what these prices could get to? Yeah. Honestly, who knows what these clubs could get to? The Denver Broncos have set the tone. Rob Walton's calling Roger Goodell by the wrong name. They got a lot of money. They got Russell Wilson and Sierra at training camp good time to be a part of the Orange Crush or whatever their fan base is called.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, if North a big
2: crowd, city team, like if, let's say the Bears, you know, they decide in a couple of years, like, hey, it's just not
0: working out and they sell before they go to Arlington Park. That's what, like $6 billion yeah. probably? Uh, we thought the Broncos were going to go for a lot more, so I don't think yeah, I'm true. a good person. And who knows what inflation's going to do, but the numbers are only going this way for the NFL. Seems like a good business to get into. There's other businesses that very wealthy people get into that is like known you're going to lose money, but it's a good investment, a good thing to be a part of. The NFL is like great thing to be a part of, social clout and it's going to make you a shit ton of money it's like a, a triple whammy of perfection for these uber wealthy people rob welton it seems to be the newest one who knows who's coming in there next aj hell of a day we appreciate you pal great
7: day i do wonder if anyone has ever lost money with ownership of an nfl team i'd assume not no it's only gone up from the jump I feel yeah
0: like. i'd assume not other leagues definitely
7: yeah oh yeah but the money, the, the TV money just continues to grow. and it's
0: Yeah, I mean, when does it stop? It's never, I mean, college football, two different yeah. yep. conferences just got over $300 million there their games. Yeah. And no offense to any of these college conferences, you guys are awesome, but like not holding a candle to yeah. NFL ratings at all. No. At hey, do all.
7: the other teams, do like the basketball teams and everything from USC and UCLA, they still have to fly cross country to play on a Tuesday night, don't they? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Bro, yeah.
0: I'm so happy we chatted about that today. That 9 a.m. kickoff <laughs> in Bloomington in late November for that USC team. I've had some of those. You come out for warm-ups, you're like, okay, is this a JV game? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Not a lot of people in the stands. Not that IU, IU might have a bunch this year. Who knows what they're going to do? But I'm just saying, one of those games where it's freezing cold, incredibly early, and there's not a lot of people in the stands, that's a, that's a game that can fuck your entire season. And, and USC <laughs> yeah. and UCLA are going to have yeah multiple a lot of those, you know. And big it's, I can't wait to watch. That's why people are paying a lot of money to get those rights. We appreciate you all so much. Boys, great show. In the back, great show. AJ, I appreciate you, pal. Big thanks to obviously Chuck Pagano. Davis, Dougie Mills, and Sham Sharania for breaking some news on the show today. We'll be back tomorrow with some more bullshit, I see. Hell yeah. And uh, we'll see you then. Hammer. Die. Down. Uh, there's a link right now in the comments. Go over there. That show will be going live soon. They'll be giving out picks and bets and winners. We appreciate you for that. See you tomorrow. Goodbye.